And welcome, everybody, to this episode of Around the Mitten. I am your host, Dan Hallroyd, and you're listening to us on unrestrictedradio.com. Do yourselves a favor. It's free, okay? It's a free app. I tell you this every time you hear my voice. Go over to unrestrictedradio.com. Download the app. It's for free. Tell your friends, your neighbors, uh, you know, even the relatives you don't like. Uh, have them come on over and listen to music and bands that other stations can't play or, or won't play uh, is kind of Stacy Lee's motto. She's put together a great uh, uh, piece of uh, programming there. And, of course, you get to hear yours truly on a Saturday night lineup with not only this program, which you're listening to now, but some paranormal programming as well. Uh, I'm excited for this episode. Uh, we have got a, a friend of mine. Uh, it's been way too long since we've seen each other like face to face, which we're doing right now, but you can't see us. And uh, I wanted to get together and fish with the guy and all sorts of stuff because we do have some interests that are very similar. Uh, he's a great, great guy, great human being. He's always been a, a great friend to me. Uh, this gentleman is coming up on his 35th year in radio broadcasting uh, as of next summer is what he told me. And, and I, it, that blows my mind, too, because I know I've known him for over 12, 13 years at least now, if not longer. And... Uh, so everybody welcome Scotty Bud Melvin to the program. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. Thanks for calling me. Oh, thanks for taking time out of your schedule to be yeah. with me. I know I said one time, and I said, let's go early because I get antsy. <laughs> but uh, we got a lot to cover. And in, in, uh, in this program, people know that I, I bring people to the show around the mitten who are in Michigan, uh, who do a lot of very amount of different things in their life, their career, their interests. It could be artists, musicians, and people like you who have been in real radio. And I'm one of these guys that's with you, man. You know, we, we call some of our internet shows like so-and-so radio show. Let's be honest. It's not going over the airwaves. It's going over the internet, guys. Okay? It's the interwebs. Um, you can call it what you want. I'm not going to split hairs, but I am with Scotty on the fact that it's not real radio. But uh, we'll, we'll leave that there. But you've been at it, like you said, going into close to 35 years. You've, man, you've been everywhere. You've met all these people. And when I watch some of your content on your YouTube stuff, Facebook, and uh, you're listening to your podcast and stuff that you put up, it, it still amazes me the adventures that you've had. Uh, I think I've had adventures. You've been around the block, sir, and you look great for running around that block as many times as you have. I, I mean that. Appreciate that. I will say um, the YouTube channel isn't so much connected to my radio gig as it is other stuff. You know, there's some fishing things. There's some uh, uh, things that I do with my side hustle, my media company. Uh, there's some random videos from things I've done over the years. There are probably a few things connected to radio, but for the most part, it's a little bit separate. Right. Uh, than my radio thing. Yeah. Oh, right. Well, I mean, it's content. If I was so lazy, I would do more. <laughs> right. Right. You know. I, I don't think that you're lazy. It, oh, it, it's I, probably like me. You want to have a spoon in every pot that's <clears> in the kitchen, and it's it's tough to watch them all boil because you can't get to all of them on time. That's just, that's exactly right. You should see here on my studio, my office, There's you can't see my files to the ne next here. There are 20 manila envelope or not manila envelope uh, folders filled with all the ideas that i want to get to are we on video yeah, we are we are you can so show I've me got 20 or 25 of these <laughs> this oh, one geez. is dave thompson 
my radio oh. hero. Oh, yeah. You're from the Kalamazoo area. He was on WKMI in the 70s. <clears throat> I try to get him for my podcast to do an interview with him because part of my podcast is uh, talking with people who I've worked with over the years. People right. who I've worked with, for, uh, you know, people in the periphery, people I wanted to work with. Um, and he's a preacher now, but he was a crazy DJ in the 70s. He's the guy that got me interested in radio in like 1975, whatever yeah. year it was. Yeah. And so I called him to try and get him to do my podcast. He declined. Uh-oh. Yeah. So he still so he does doesn't want to do it, or you gotta keep working on him. I'll probably call him one more time, but I don't want to bug him and be that guy. <clears throat> but uh so back to the original thought. These are all my files of all my ideas. <laughs> right. I would be a right. good producer in Hollywood because I have ideas. Physically making them happen and seeing them to the end, that's where I get a little, hmm. Well, I'll turn on some better light in here, too. And I want to show you and, and the people. You see that? There's a filing cabinet underneath all that trash that's back there, too. Right. See that little filing cabinet over my corner there, folks? It's the same. That's yeah. all SMP, Southern Michigan Paranormal Files. And they're also idea. And I have 6,000, guys, legal pads, oh, yeah, folders. I, I'm just like Scotty. I, I've got ideas running to nowhere. They run to nowhere. I may have an SMP file here somewhere, by God. I bet you. <laughs> over in the corner, there's do. one. I bet you do. I mention you a lot in some of my lectures. I wanted to let you know that um, you just came up recently. Yeah, just recently in Lansing, I brought you up. Oh, I, um, no one in Lansing knows who I am. So, well, you know, they didn't. But you know, I, I brought you up because I, I had talked about Howell, Michigan. Uh, you being there, there with us one time, and I said, and uh, my buddy Scotty Bud asked, "Who's your favorite stooge?" Uh, people were looking at me really strange. I said he was just throwing out random things to get, you know, uh, a response. And he ended up getting somebody either say no or mo. And, uh, you know, pretty cool. And uh, he was with us at the Delton Farm. And I showed people some stuff from there. I showed him a little video. And, of course, you're sound asleep in the chair out by the fire. Oh. Uh, but, man, trust me, it's I'm, I'm the same way, sir. I'm the same way I have. You and I, maybe we should form a company. I don't know. Maybe we should work together because I'm the same way. I come up with ideas, but then it's it's difficult to find the time sometimes right. to to run it all down and to do it all because it sounds like you're, you're like me. I, I micromanage even myself. Sure. Right? Yeah. That's, because, that's... because nobody else is going to do the work. No one's going to do yeah. the editing. No one's going to do the tracking it down or the interviewing. No. Uh, it's us running our own program. No, I mean, I, I've got on my computer, on my, on my desktop, I've got a, another dozen files of, of ideas and notes and things I've talked to people about. I've got uh, 30 years ago, I did a promotion uh, on the radio when uh, I was just a youngster where I had to walk to Detroit to Tiger Stadium <clears throat> because I made a bet on the air and it didn't go through. So the bet was I would walk to Detroit. Well, it's 120 miles from Kalamazoo to Detroit. So we did a promotion, of course, uh, raised money for charity. And I, I recently had uh, unearthed a bunch of videotapes that I had not yet transferred to digital. Most of my stuff has already been transferred. I've done it myself. That's one of the things I do with my own company for other people. And you can find okay. some stuff behind me. I've got a couple of projectors and some other stuff. But anyway, 
So this trip to Detroit, my wife came with me. She was my assistant and helper. And she also manned the video camera. So if you can imagine 1991, the video camera, it was that big honking RCA that you put on your shoulder and slapped a videotape in. Found the videotape. So I've got all the video of each day of my walk. I have all the audio from all the promos, commercials, talking oh, to Sparky wow. Anderson, Cecil Fielder, mm. uh, all this stuff. And I was going to make a video of that to, you know, commemorate it. This is the 30th year uh, anniversary of it. And it's sitting on my computer. I don't even know if I'll ever get to it. I have all the pieces and parts. I got the easy part done. It's the, uh, it's the editing that bogs me down. Yeah. Yeah. That's just one. I, I have stacks. <laughs> I have stacks. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, yeah. And converting things too. I've come across VHS as well that we yeah. did in the past, but. Well, let me know if you need any help with that. That's one of the things I do. I would love to work with you and do things anytime you, you let me know. Um, I, I, I have a, a love for this stuff. I wouldn't say I have a flair, but I think some of the things I've done production wise seem to be okay. I mean, I'm the lazy side of stuff. I'm, I guess I could say that too, tongue in cheek, that I get a little lazy once in a while. Sure. But, uh, you know, the, the time that you've spent in radio and you talked about one of these, these people, your hero, you know, uh, that got you interested in radio. Now, you were doing this in high school too, weren't you? Weren't you doing yeah. the audiovisual and radio yeah. thing? Uh, not so much the audiovisual because there well, wasn't a lot of that. Well, radio TV. I think we had it too yeah. at Central. Yeah. It, it, there wasn't a big uh av situation going on in high school um you know the av geeks weren't quite a, a tribe yet um but i was the radio guy and i i wanted to be in radio since i was about 12 i think i figured it out wow wow so i would have been uh that would have been 75 i was 12 do the right math yeah everybody's um, gonna do the math now so uh so since about 12 i had a little radio studio in my in my bedroom you know, I had a little tape deck, cassette deck. I had a microphone that comes with it. I had a turntable for my mom and dad's stereo that I wrecked. I had to buy needles all the time. I had all my records that I bought at Kresge for 49 cents. I had, uh, I would tape the WKMI jingles off the air, off the radio. The little singing ones. WKMI. Oh, yeah. And I would use the, I would get another tape deck and I would use that as my playback. The other one would be recording. And I had, this is, I'm 12, 13 years old doing this. So yes, back in the day, I did that. But then I went to high school at uh, Portage Northern High School uh, here in Portage. And uh, they had a radio station. But of course, it was only in the building, you know. Right, right. Shows, As was ours, yes. Tape a show, put it on a reel. Here we go. Ready? First visual of the day. Ah, oh, shit. I don't have it. Yes, I do. So I got a reel to reel player in here. So if anybody has any of these... Oh man, yeah, we had this one from actually one from high school. A friend of mine gave it to me. Wow. Yeah, yeah we, we we had one of those in SMP. You never got to see it because uh, oh. it it kind of wow. went defunct and Deb had to get rid of it. But uh, yeah, those are cool. We were going to use them, you know, due to the sound quality that you can still get with those devices. People are still buying those up and using them. Yeah, I've got Crazy. a really nice one, a Tascam that uh, I will never wow. It weighs about 800 pounds, but anyway. <laughs> yes, they're so, not light. Yeah. So in high school, we would do little half-hour shows in our little radio studio. And the radio studio was very nice. Uh -huh. um, and we would take those half-hour reels and play them during lunch. So while the kids in the school, 1,000 kids, uh, were having lunch, 
you know, three, four different staggered lunches. Right. We would play our little radio shows for them. And so that was our radio station. And I was in charge of that my senior year. Um, and I got in a little trouble. I said there was going to be a food fight live over the speakers uh, one day. And my teacher just raised all kinds of hell with me. I almost got suspended, but I did not. Um, you did not. But that was a nice little. Uh, now, now, did that type of thing follow you later on? Of course. Of course. Of course. Of course it did. Uh, you can't be, uh, you know, you can't be boring and. No, no, and be entertaining. No, and, and I don't know if we ever sat and talked about this other than now on the show, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I don't think we have because you, similar, I just didn't go into radio. <laughs> I, I uh, thought I was going to be an artist and everybody saw what I did with that degree, uh, you know, uh, out of Arizona. But the, the fact of the matter is I was doing the same stuff. Uh, God rest my mother's soul. She'd tell you the same thing, Scotty. I was down in the basement with a turntable. And, of course, the main set of music we were playing all the times was the Eagles LP. (laughs) And if we weren't playing that, we were Ario Speedwagon, a lot of Chicago, because that's all we had in the house. You know, Mm -hmm. that's the only LPs that that I had and and a lot of 45s. But, uh, um, you know, that kind of stuff, too. That's what I spent my money on. Yeah, tape, tape recorder and turntable. I would go to Kmart. I would buy cassettes. I went to, they knew me at Radio Shack. I would buy all the little connectors and adapters and all kinds of crap. I wish I had some of those cassettes today, but you take what are you, Right. What are you going to do? It's awesome. I do have a lot of, I do have some high school stuff though. That's as far back as, uh, as I have. So I'm actually kind of glad about that. And I have one tape from college radio. Okay. Never thought, never thought of saving anything. Right, right. Question, uh, I, I wish I had with some stuff too. You know, as I said, we did the same thing in the basement. And then when we were going to art school in Tucson, I know the show's about Scotty, but I got to share That's some things, right. folks. So hang loose. Uh, <laughs> um, so we're, we're cleaning movie theaters overnight, and we got the wise idea, you know, that uh, me and my buddy uh, PJ, who was also from Michigan at the time, wanted to talk me into moving out there and going to school. Uh, we're cleaning, we're cleaning theaters to pay our way through school and pay our rent. And, uh, we would take a boom box and set it outside the microphone outside the ticket booth and we would hit record and we'd get on the microphone and we would read newspaper, uh, columns about sports and murders. And, uh, then we'd go, okay, and we're going to take a quick break. And then he, he, he would bring in another tape recorder that he had, that he had music on and we would just play music out of this little speaker. So it all sounded like it was on an AM station out of your 1973, Ford, you know, Ford or Nova, Chevy Nova. That's only got one working speaker in the back. And so we did the same, same stuff. It's just that I, I wish today that I'd probably taken that path because I, 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 I love to do what I do here on the net and I love to talk. I just remember us do talking one time. I think you told me like, I don't know if you could do regular radio because of the swearing. <laughs> you got to remember you can't swear. Right. And, um, I think I could do it, but, uh, I, I've, I've learned to curb that a lot yeah. these days, but oh, that's good. So oh, when well, now on the internet, you can get away with it. So, oh yeah, yeah, you might hear that know. tonight. We we don't know, folks. <laughs> um, 
the the interesting thing to me is too now that you went into the service you were a veteran and i respect the hell out of that and thank right. you for your service um we like to mention to people on here that we're uh, always uh, uh advertising till valhalla uh it's 22 a day is the campaign it's one of their campaigns because we use 20 we lose 22 veterans a day to suicide and um, please go check that out. Give them a look. Also, Gun Barrel Coffee, one of our sponsors, Scotty. I'm wearing the hat. Uh, now, they're out of Batavia, Illinois. Um, they send me bags of coffee run by vets, roasted by vets. Proceeds go to help veterans administ- administration uh, companies and, and non-charity you know uh, charity type of deals and, and charity deals. Anyway, they do good work. So, everybody, you've had the rest. Drink the best. GunBarrelCoffee.com. Give them a, give them a, a look. And the coffee is spectacular. Now, you being gone into the Air Force is what you went into, right? Yep. Yeah. So did you do any of the radio stuff there, or was it mainly just military police? No, it was uh, It was just mil- – I was a security policeman is what we were called. And so quick story to get there. I oh, grad- sure. I graduated high school in 81. This is my least favorite thing in my life that I'm uh, uh, least proud of. I went to Western Michigan University right out of uh, high school in 81. That's back in the day when they would take anyone. <laughs> so they took me and my mom. Okay. But, you know, first semester was like $1,500. So uh, I was living at home. A lot of my good friends were gone. State, Michigan, right. Paris, wherever. And so I'm here by myself, mostly. Um and working and living at home. Uh, my folks could not afford to send me to college. That's just the way it was. And I paid uh, most of my way. And uh, college for me was not good. I did not put the time in. I did not put the effort. I just worked and partied and did not do any studying hardly at all. I can remember three papers that I, <laughs> that I wrote. And I was taking classes I was good at, writing, uh, journalism because I wanted to be a journalist at that time. Okay, uh, I was going to be a, become a journalist, a sports writer, um, and so I was taking some of those classes. The ones that tripped me up were the math classes and the computer classes. Didn't study a lick or any of that. I hate math. I'm terrible at it. The computer classes back then, I didn't get it. They had the giant computer frames. They were yeah, the wing two thousands. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't like today. Kids have no idea. You yeah. had to write this code. I don't even know what it was called. Fortran and Cobalt and all this other shit. <laughs> I was a horrible student. Yeah, yeah. Decided to quit. I had to do something with my life. I knew that I had to do something. I wasn't going to be alone. And so I thought, well, maybe, maybe the military, maybe the Air Force. And so I went over to the office. The office was at the old uh, West Main Mall on the backside. Lowe's is kind of over in that area now. Yep. And I talked to a guy and he's like, hey, you're just in time. You know, he's like a sales guy. <laughs> I didn't see it, of course. I'm, right. I'm 20 years old. And uh, he goes, man, we could use some military policemen, some security police guys. That's fun. I'm like, yeah, that's fun. A lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they're like, whatever would they need at that time? That's what they tell you you're going to be, you know, for the most part. Mm -hmm. If I'd have been smarter, I'd been like, I'd have held out for, you know, you got anything in communications, maybe a nine to five job. I don't know. (laughs) So that's how I ended up doing that. That was 83 to 87. Um, Security policeman. 
I had some pretty good times, I will say. Met some cool people, went some cool places. Only had to pull my gun one time, uh, my M16. Uh, here's the other thing. I guarded a lot of stuff over the years. The Thunderbirds, um, A-10s, F-15s. On any given night in California, um, when I was there for a year and a half at Castle Air Force Base, um, it's a training base. <clears throat> it was my first base. On any given night, I was in charge of four F-15s. Wow. They're on alert. They're ready. Right, right. It hits the fan. We're in California. You know, if the Russians come down from Alaska, you're there. Headed for LA, that's us. So yep. anyway, you know, I'm in charge you, of four $15 million F-15s. <laughs> yeah, that? I, I I can't, but then again, it, it is crazy. Yeah, I yeah. I have other friends who are vets who say similar stories, you know, in different branches, and yep. uh, then they said, "Well, yeah, I come out in civilian life sometimes to go into some of the similar work," and they're like, "Well, you got to go back to college and get a degree." It's like uh, I kind of did this in the military, yeah, you know, for a paycheck. So yeah. you know, one of those kind of crazy things. But yeah, had anything hit the fan, you were the first to know about it. You'd have let the rest yeah. of us know, yeah, in short order. A few times for a few things, but. And you see, see anything strange in the sky at night or anything, anything uh, weird? Tell you what, I did a lot of time looking at the sky in the middle of the night because on some nights we had to hump a plane, which meant walk around it. That was the vernacular yeah. of guarding an airplane. So there would be up, uh, uploaded B-52s at this base that had nukes on board and they had to have a dedicated police team for it mm -hmm. for obvious reasons. Um, so you'd have to walk around an airplane for 12 hours. Uh, you know, I went through a lot of Dr. Scholl's in my boots. I used to put those in there to cushion it a little bit. Uh, but yeah, you'd be three in the morning, mm -hmm. 12 degrees, looking around. Is anybody around? What's that? <laughs> Talking to yourself. Oh yeah. Singing. Yeah. Coming. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I, I, am only, I'm only agreeing with them folks because I, I went into the corporate world of that adventure, uh, yeah. not as drastic, but I, I guarded facilities, you know, in, in uh, areas in Georgia where I first started working in corporate and private security, and the same thing here in West Michigan. That, you know, some vital stuff, but at the same time, not, not military, but, you know, you don't want people getting in there, setting fires and blowing things up. But at the same time, I, I hear you, man. A lot of talking to myself. Oh, yeah. A lot of looking at the sky, walking around, watching people. If there's anybody nearby, God forbid there was civilization nearby, because, you know, you could just watch the show. I'm supposed to be paying attention to what I'm doing, but a lot of times I'd watch the show. And uh, I hear you. I hear you. And the, I couldn't do that walking now. I preferred to do that rather than take the patrol car. I don't know if, depending on your situation, if you guys had that uh, for you too, but it was just something I did. I'd probably preferred to walk, but I'm, I'm with you, man. I, I had the same pair of boots for probably 12 years and I had to have them fixed several times because I refused. I'm a cheapskate. I refused to go buy another pair of boots, you know? <laughs> yeah. I had a few pair myself. I still do. I still have them somewhere. Crazy. Do you, so would you, would you, can you still fit in your uniform? That's what no. I got to ask. No. <laughs> oh my God. Can you imagine? I think I had a 20 waist. I don't think I, I ever had a 20 waist. Yeah. I do. I have them. I have the pants and I have the Wow. Uniform. Yeah. Wow. I don't know what I'm going to do with them, but I have them. That's insane. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't be fitting in any anything either at this point. I, I tried. I tried a, a long while back. I, 
I still had a dress blue and I tried to put that on. I couldn't even barely get it over the part of my shoulder and my head. I'm thinking, man, you know, we didn't have McDonald's and KFC everywhere. So, <clears throat> and, and we were young back then, you know, folks, we were young. Give us a break. So you, you did the Air Force thing. Um, now, did you get directly into radio when you came back or did you, what oh, did yeah. you do? I got out in 87, May of 87, mm-hmm. and I had already snagged a job at Bronson Hospital in Kalamazoo as a security guy. Um, and I was flirting with becoming a police officer. So, all right, I just did four years as a police officer. Yeah, got the experience. But still, you got you got experience. <laughs> yeah. You got practical experience. I carried every weapon we had. M60, you know the one sliced alone, one hands in, the, in Rambo? Yeah. 23-pound M60, yeah, I carried one of those. Uh, what else? Grenade launchers, M16, 38. When I did law enforcement, I would guard the, do base patrol every once in a while. Um, we'd guard nukes and stuff like that. So I carried every weapon there was, guarded everything I could. And uh, I thought, all right, maybe I'll do that. I'm glad I didn't. I decided against it because I got the bug back for radio when I went back to college. I had about 10 grand in the uh, uh, GI Bill. Oh, yeah. They gave two bucks for every buck you put in. Yep. I had to do that. So I had 10 grand to spend and I went back to school and I went back to, uh, I was going to go back to Western, but I decided to do it cheaper at the community college at KVCC, Kalamazoo Valley Community College. Ah, we're alumni together. Okay, cool. Five ever got Uh Uh Uh-oh. Okay. I'm three classes shy. Yeah. How lazy am I? One of them's an algebra class. I would never pass. Never. I could accept somebody cheat on it for me. And I'd still screw it up somehow. <laughs> Anywho, so um, while I was flirting with going back to Western, right? you know, in my head, I'm like, you know, I never got into the radio thing the first time around, which I should have. That's what I should have done. But I didn't because I was so stupid, you know? You're 18 and 19. You're just finding your way in the world, man. You know. I don't have, I didn't have a plan. Okay. No Einstein here. So (laughs) I envy kids today who have a plan and follow it. And you know what I mean? Right. My daughter's got a master's degree. A kid of mine has a master's degree. Are you kidding me? It's, it's the biggest. That's awesome. Congrats, man. That's cool. Not this guy. Can't pass algebra. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway. Um, so I went back to, uh, I decided, listen, I'm going to go down to the Western radio station. And I did. And I talked to the dude who was in charge and they gave me a show. They're like, oh, okay. I said, I'm probably going to come back to Western at some point, but I'm at Valley right now. He goes, oh, why don't you do the midnight show? I'm like, is that all you got? <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm working a real job and, right. a, and a security job. I was driving a forklift for a place called Beach Products back in the day. Oh, yeah. Did that for two years. They sold paper plates and napkins and stuff. Yep. And and so I got into the radio thing at Western and did a show for the summer of 87. And there I saw a little advertisement on the bulletin board for a part-time job at an actual radio station, which was WLKM in Three Rivers, Michigan. Oh, wow. 20 minutes, 25 minutes down the road. Right. So that fall, I ended up with a real radio job for the first time. So didn't really do the radio thing for too long at Western. It was just that summer. That was a rough summer. I had three jobs, had to go to uh, 
the, the, the Western radio thing at midnight after my other radio, real radio job. I, I, I had a forklift job, a security. I had four things going at once. Mountain Dew and no dose. That's how I got through that summer. <laughs> right, right. Now, now the station you were on at Western, was that the MUK station? No. 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 So no, they had something different more. back then. Yeah, that's a that's a newsy, jazzy type radio station. Yeah, it's like it's like NPR and all that yeah, stuff. It's funded. Th- this was the student run. Uh, okay. WIDR. Okay. Yes, wider FM. Okay, yeah. I don't and like giving these friend. guys shouts out. I still listen to wider when I can. Okay. It's drastically different now. Right. 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 Yeah. A friend of mine runs it now, uh, Glenn Dillon, who I used to work with years oh. ago. Well, yeah. then that's the man I need to speak to. Glenn Dillon. He's a. He's yeah. a yeah. Good dude. We've been talking about trying to bring some of the paranormal stuff to their programming because I can play rock, you know, play the music in between, which is something I do. We, we're getting off on a whole nother thing there, but I know, yeah. But I, don't, I think you have to be a student to be on the air. That's, I, I don't know. I'll go take yeah. a class. I'll That's take a karate I class. I don't know. Anything <laughs> to get me in the door, right? I, I'm joking, folks. I'm joking. I'm happy with what I'm doing. Yeah, don't even get, get me started. But it, it's funny. Um, we're going to take our first break. And I want to come back and talk a little bit more about your first radio gig. And then we're just going to dive into all sorts of stuff because you have so much to share. You, again, the adventures, the people you've met. Um, I think you've you've got a very full uh, bucket of memories and things that I want people to hear about. And uh, I'm a little envious, obviously, with some of the people you've met. Uh, I've met mine, too, on my end of things, too. But there's some, you know, we can't actually take them and trade them off like cards. So uh, we're going to take our first break, folks. Everybody hang with us here on Around the Mitten. Uh, I want everybody to pay attention to our sponsors, okay? Uh, Henderson Castle, hendersoncastle.com. It's an 1895's bed and breakfast right here in downtown Kalamazoo. You can book your stay there, and you can also book haunted tours yes that's right uh we have uh nights once a month that you can come there and yours truly will take you on an exciting if you will tour of the house you'll get to know the family see pictures hear stories we also take you to the cemetery so you can meet frank and mary henderson the folks who built this house but go to hendersoncastle.com look under the events but check out all the great stuff they have there including spending the night Another hotel I'm going to mention who's a sponsor with us now, which is Historic Hotel Nichols in South Haven, Michigan. Uh, my wife, Mama Cat, is one of the, uh, it, well, not one, she's the assistant general manager there. And uh, we've been doing tours in the Halloween season uh, as well. But if you're going to South Haven on the lakeshore, uh, spring, summer, uh, even part of the fall, book your stay at, at uh, Hotel Nichols. Do me a favor. And Gun Barrel Coffee, everybody. You've had the rest. Drink the best. GunBarrelCoffee.com. They're out of Batavia, Illinois. Great guys. Uh, they sell a great product. The Battleship Coffee. If you're into Navy-style coffee and stuff that's going to keep you up for hours and hours, uh, I, I recommend Battleship. They even have CBD-infused uh, coffee. They just got a hot seller. They just had uh, not pumpkin, pumpkin spice. I hate to throw that out there. They didn't have one of those, but they had apple cider infused coffee so go give them guys a shout out all right listen to all this great content and this music we'll be back for more right after this every 30 minutes another innocent person is killed due to a drunk driver my best friend my brother my poor grandchild my sister 
My father. My husband. My mom. <laughs> my mommy. Stop these tragedies before they happen. Don't drink and drive. Big Dog here from The Big Dog Show reminding you that you are not alone. We can all help prevent suicide. The Lifeline provides 24-7 free and confidential support for people in distress, prevention and crisis resources for you and your loved ones, and the best practices for professionals. Call them at 1-800-273-8255. 1-800-273-8255. Remember, you're not alone.
And we are back. And uh, as I tell everybody, we went nowhere. We're sitting right here in the studio. But for you, it seemed as if we went someplace. So thank you for hanging with us here on Around the Mitten. We've got Scotty Bud Melvin with us. And I'm just trying to keep the conversation loose and, and try not to talk over him and always insert my own, uh, you know, information in here as I kind of often do. And he's always uh, patient with me. Uh, but he has a lot to share, folks. Again, going into his 35th year, coming next summer, uh, doing the radio gig, um, I catch him as often as I can when I'm in the, the vehicle or if I'm sitting here and I remember Scotty's on, I pull it up on the, on the laptop, on the computer, and I listen. I let him know. There's been times. Scotty knows this. Scott, you know this. There's been times I've been waist deep in a lake fishing bass and I've got my phone on and I'm listening to his show and I request music and he gives me a shout out and I'm so happy and I'm like the only dude standing out there fishing for bass thinking right. oh, my buddy gave him a mention on the air you know pretty cool wish he was here fishing and uh, we weren't <laughs> able to put that together but we will I promise we will uh, I'm trying to find more balance but Scotty thanks for joining us and uh, we left off to where you were talking about your first radio gig and um how did that, how'd that go for you? Was there kind of a, you jump right back on the bicycle or is it kind of a learning process? And were there things that you hated to do, but you had to do them kind of thing? Well, this was 87. This would be the fall, fall of 87. And uh, like I said earlier, I, I found this little note taped up or on the bulletin board. It uh -huh. said, radio announcer wanted, called Dennis at whatever the number was. I thought, God, I wonder if anybody's called yet. What I found out later was a lot of the people at WIDR, the, the student-run radio station at Western, they didn't go on to become radio people. It's a very small percentage, which I found odd. Um, but mm -hmm. anyway, I thought, God, I wonder if anybody else has called. I'm calling. So I grabbed the thing, called a guy, find out it's this little station in the Three Rivers that I knew about because in the 80s, in Kalamazoo, there was no rock station, okay? There was an easy listening station. There was a country station. Everything else you had to get, uh, this is FM. Everything else you had to get from Grand Rapids, people would listen to WLAV. That was yep. the rock station. Yep. If you were on the north side of town, you could pick it up pretty well. Um, sketchy in some other spots. So anyway, this station, WLKM, was 95.9. At night, after I think it was 7, 7 to midnight, they went rock starting a couple of years earlier. So whatever the year that was, 94, 93 maybe. And a guy named Pete Recker was hired to do that. And he was the guy. Well, they needed a part-timer. That's what the deal was. Okay. Well, the ad said radio announcer. I'm like, okay. So it's a story about Ypsilanti. And I said, Ypsilanti. I don't know that I'd ever said, the word in my life, but I read it wrong. He goes, that wasn't too bad, except you just mispronounced Ypsilanti. It's Ypsilanti, not Ypsilanti. And I'm like, ah, oh, crap. All right. And he goes, all right, I'll let you know. I said, okay. A couple of days later, I'm living at home, mind you, at this time. I just got out of the Air Force uh, earlier that year. <clears throat> and uh, the phone rings and he goes, is this Scott? And I said, yeah. He says, I can still remember this vividly. He goes, uh, this is Dennis Rumsey at WLKM. I go, oh, hey. He goes, how would you like your first radio job? Okay. <laughs> sure. All Absolutely. Right. Come in this weekend, Friday night or Saturday or whatever it was. 
Uh, I would do Friday nights and Saturday nights. And uh, we'll get you hooked up with Pete and he'll show you the ropes. They had a giant wall of rock albums. I would come in at seven. They had a couple, they had like a handful of jingles on carts at the time. They were big, like eight track. They looked like eight track. Yeah. And you pop them in the, th- yeah. And that was it. Here you go. Do whatever you want. Okay. I think I will. And I did. <laughs> I think I will, he says. And it was awesome. It was awesome. It was rock cool. And people still remember. Uh, they still remember me there and they still remember the station because it was, you know, for the people down south of here, Sturgis, Three Rivers, Schoolcraft, yeah. Matawan, some of the others, they could get that. They couldn't get the Grand Rapids station, so they had their own rock station. So it was pretty cool. And so uh, that was my first, I don't even know what I made, $4 an hour. I don't remember. Still, you're doing what you love to do, though. Yeah. And that was fun, spinning yeah. literally albums. Yeah, yeah. You know? Turntable system and as opposed to what everybody's doing yeah. now. That's crazy. That's that's just I I love hearing that. It's it's even even though I I still remember some of it because I was gone, you know, out out west between uh the period of 86 to um uh, 1990. Okay. So, I I remember first hearing you uh when I first came across you. I wasn't really tuning into any most local radio here in Kalamazoo or Southwest Michigan, as a matter of fact. And once I did, I heard this guy on this, this show doing this show and it was you. And, uh, I was just like, man, I dig this dude's voice and he's funny as hell. And his, his, his take on politics and all sorts of crazy stuff. And your laugh was infectious. And I'm like, I'm kind of digging this, this Scotty bud dude. And so I, I, you know, that for me was when I first heard you, was going on, you know, in your early days and that. We'll get to that in a second, but I just wanted to let you know I had become become not your stalker, okay? Yeah. <laughs> but I'd become a fan. I became a fan, man. I became a fan of Scotty Bud and um that the rest was history for me. Like I said, I there was only one station I really preferred to tune into and that was the one, you know, that you were on uh cuz I dig the zoo. I dig Scott. I dig what they do and I dig the music. So you're there. Where does it go from there? What's the next step for Scotty Bud? Well, it got kind of weird. Um, after uh, I'm a little fuzzy on the actual time frame, but sometime in '88, summer maybe, the owner said, "This rock thing isn't working. We're not selling any advertising," and that's always that's a big part of the business, right? And it's a small station, you know, and he's very mm-hmm. local. And and I had to read obituaries. Oh, here's one of the weird things. So here I am doing this rock show, trying to be this who hip, uh, hip rock dude that I always wanted to be since I'm 12 years old. Right. I was doing it. But at the top of the hour, we had to go to network news. So I had to time whatever it was I was doing till the, the second thing went to, to like 8 o'clock p.m. When it hit, network news kicked on the radio station automatically, no matter what I was doing. So I would have to like end the record and then say, in 15 seconds, say, partly cloudy and 50 tomorrow. It's 61 degrees. Here comes mutual news. Boom. And it would kick in. After mutual news, which was five minutes, I think, I had to do two minutes of news, news, local news. There was a fender bender at Ratcliffe Road. No one was arrested. (laughs) 
<laughs> and it was so stupid and so hokey. But it was his radio station, and he wanted to have that local boom, boom, boom. Right. So the news guy would leave all this news for us. <laughs> somebody was always lodged in the county jail. That was the big phrase I said. Every <laughs> lodged. Lodged yeah. in the county jail because he uh, stole a cow or whatever it was. <laughs> I like that. And then, and then I would do sports. You know, tomorrow's yeah. game on the World Series. The Pistons won tonight. It's 82 degrees. And then I'd hit an ID and then I'd get back to the music. Right. I went from hip radio dude playing Iron Maiden to there was a fender bender downtown. <laughs> and no arrests and no one injured. Yeah. So anyway, so they couldn't sell that. I don't know why. I, I, <laughs> I was a little pissed about it. He left me an angry note one time because I questioned his uh, decision. So that was my Oops. first Maverick. Oops. Move. Yeah. Yeah. A little part-time peon questioning the owner. Oops. Mm -hmm. Been <laughs> so, there, done that. Yeah. Yeah. So he, uh, he, he decided the rock was done. So Pete, the main dude, quit and went and did something else. I have him on my one of my podcasts, by the way. He tells the whole story uh, in one of my podcast episodes. So I wanted to get him on because uh, he was a major influence on me. He, ta he taught me a lot. Sure. Good guy. And, uh, and so he decided to go to uh, automated pro or uh, syndicated programming. And so from 7 to midnight or whatever. Oh, by the way, they signed off at midnight. Okay. That was their license deal. And I had to do that. You had to flip some switches. You had to play the national anthem. It was a whole to do. And so he decided to go to uh, pro, uh, syndicated programming. And it was Larry King was one of the shows. Another one was somebody else. Somebody was always filling in for Larry. It was like Richard Belzer or uh, somebody. Anyway. Wow. You're, yeah. You're going way back. Yeah. Okay. And once in a while, when I was bored, because I was sitting there pushing buttons, ID, yeah. commercial, yeah. local commercial, boom, boom. And I'm like, <laughs> this is not what I got into radio to do. Right. I don't even get to touch the microphone. Man. This blows. Mm -hmm. So um, after a while, I said, I'm quitting. And he's like, oh, I don't know who he got to replace me. I, I didn't care, you know. I go, I didn't, I didn't get into radio to push buttons. I'm really, right. Gonna, right. I'm, I'm going to, I'm out. All right. So I quit. Well, that summer, my aunt called me. She worked at city hall in Portage, Michigan. Hopefully everybody knows we're in Southwest Michigan. Uh, she worked at city hall. She goes, Hey, uh, some guy just came into city hall, getting a license for a radio station, something to do with his transmitter and antenna and building and all this. And I go, you're kidding me. Nope. Here's his phone number. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Doki. I think I'll call. Serendipity, man. That was uh, Ed Sackley, the owner of 107.7 WRKR Radio, which went on the air October 28th, 1988. Or was it October 18th? It was the 18th or 28th? 1988. I submitted a tape that summer. I was hired as a part-timer. I had no business being a full-timer. I was not. I was not. Uh, nearly ready for that yet but lucky enough to be one of the original employees and 17 years later i was the last original employee to leave the rest is history yeah so there you yeah go. so that's how i left off. oh and then lk the guy at lkm called me back hey i really need you back oh <laughs> so, right so there was a time 
and I went back. There was a oh. time, yeah, he paid me a little more money or something. There was a time where I worked at both radio stations at the same time. Oh boy. Just barely. Yeah, just barely. So that's yeah, cool. So I, that's that's cool. what that's what happened with that uh, first job, but I'm glad it would it happen that way, and it was it worked out to, you know, pretty well. Yeah, and I mean, you know, knowing knowing you know some of the story, the good, the bad, and the ugly that that surrounds all of us in career paths and things, and I mean that with good reverence. If people don't quite get what I'm going for there, we go we meet people. You know, we, uh, people leave and, and there are things that happen and we're at a place and then we're not at a place and then we move on and do other things. But as I said, you've been a constant for me because, you know, I've, I've followed you no matter where you've been, uh, from day one that I heard you and, you know, doing that stint that at one Oh seven, seven, you know, I, I love, you know, you guys doing that morning show and, like I said, I just, I couldn't wait to hear you and I couldn't wait to, you know, despite the other people you were working with at the time, you were the guy I was listening to on that program. You know, I was paying the most attention to. And uh, I remember when I first finally got to meet you, um, I remember talking to you a little bit and uh, we were kind of shooting the poop. And I remember asking you about some things, you know, and I, I think I made a comment about like, well, you're right in the corner with me on some, some political stances and stuff. And I remember you set me straight pretty quick. And I'll never forget that, but I want to thank you for that because it, it it's what did I do? What did I say? Well, you you looked at me and you said, Well, yes and no. And I'm like, what does that mean? Because I knew that there's some shtick involved oh, yeah. uh, in what you do. And that's that, those were your words, just like, well, listen, you know, there's a lot of shtick that's in there. And I was kind of I wasn't disheartened. I don't want you thinking that. I just oh. I got a kick out of it. <clears throat> and I thought I knew it. I think I kind of knew it, but at the same time, you know, I don't know. I just had, it just increased more respect for you too, that, you know, there's stuff that you kind of got to do a certain thing and you got to be a certain way at times and you don't want to get too involved because the minute you do that, you know, you were already getting hate mail. I got lines of haters and I don't even, I'm not even out there the way you are. And my, am I making any sense in this? So, you know, you, you got to kind of do a thing, but you still got to be neutral in how you're presenting it. Does that make sense? That was a that was a that was part of our. Uh, I was on that morning show at that radio station, and it was 15 years, from 1990 to 2005. The first 10 years were phenomenal. Greatest time on the radio of my life, the best. We freaking owned Kalamazoo on the radio. We were not number one ratings wise, only one time, but. The overall rating number wasn't really what radio stations were after. Our radio station was after the good demos. Yeah. The 2554s, the 2548s, the whatever those demos were. The 12 plus demo determined the number one station. That was always the top 40 station. Yeah. And they had a guy over there at the time who was just, we couldn't believe the guy was doing a morning show. He was so bad. And we were embarrassed that they would continue to beat us until we finally beat them uh, one time in the ratings. It was very competitive back in the day. Oh, yeah. And we even became, uh, there was a merger in 93 when 107 merged with 103 um, and WKMI. As those three stations merged, we were all enemies one day. And the next day, we were all- Your family. <laughs> sharing walls. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. And we hated it. They hated it. <laughs> it took a while. People got fired. It was not pretty. 
And all we want to do is kick their ass because we thought they were so weak. Right. And we we owned the crazy radio show, most popular radio show moniker for a right. decade. Right. Um, and that was the most fun I have ever had. And, and, and I guess people need to hear that, you know, uh, the competition's there. I mean, there's still some. There's still some that oh, goes on. But but I love hearing that I love hearing that story because I I was around at least in the nineties, you know, period of this stuff going on. And I remember hearing all these different things and these changes and stuff going on even even then. And uh you guys are banging it, man. And I mean banging it. And uh it was twelve hour days. It was working every Saturday, doing something somewhere, somehow. I did a sports talk radio show for five years in a row every Saturday except for vacations. We had appearances. Right. We had, you know, we would work at home on the phone for an hour every night. I mean, it was. Yeah. See, that's the part I want you to talk about. Yeah, well, yeah, you did, but I mean, you know, people don't, yeah, people don't understand that. You know, they think you, you go in there and do your gig. Okay. Yeah. I'm on the air for an hour and a half or two hours and then you get to go home. Right. Uh, no, there's preparation. There's, you got to do, you know, uh, people pay for advertising time. You guys are, you know, spending time doing voiceover work. Like you said, location, you got to do all these locally spot deals and set up for that. And uh, there's more yeah, to this. If, if, if anybody out here listening to the program has done anything within your realm, even a little bit of this realm, let's say you do programming on, on internet. Okay. And you're listening to this show, you already know, you have to do research. You got to get your ducks in a row. You got to go out and do the thing and sell the time and do the job. Uh, like you said, it's it's long hours, but all they hear is you on there for that two hours. And maybe once in a while you're doing a live from, you know, Larry's Rib Shack. And I'm here from, you know, 6 to 7.30. Come on out and see me, Scotty Bud, and give you some good, good, good. That was part of the fun times. Right, right. Because you got to remember back in the 90s, um, this is pre-internet. Uh, we didn't get an actual website until 95, maybe. Right. I right. can't remember the exact time, but I remember the company coming in and pitching it, and my boss was all excited because he was a, a technical, uh, techie geek, and he was so fired up, and I was fired up because I was, I was somewhat knowledgeable on this stuff, and I ended up running the website, uh, ultimately, uh, for all three stations, and uh and so in the 90s, people got their information, their music, and their news from one of three places, radio, television, and the newspaper. In Kalamazoo, radio was market 180. We were the 180th largest market in America. Wow. That's down the list. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just to give you an idea, Grand Rapids is, what the hell was Grand Rapids? They were top 100, I believe. And back then, when people on the radio talked and we did things, people paid attention. Yeah, they listened. Like, and listen. Because so, there was no Spotify. There was no, nope. those are the other nonsense. Uh, oh, it's iTunes, Pan. Yeah, it's, well, it's, a, it's a half a dozen of them. Yeah, if, at I least. hate it all. Because yeah. they're taking yeah. listeners away from my radio show. Yep. Yeah. So when my friends all talk to me and we're having a beer or whatever, they're like, man, I'm on Spotify. And I'll tell you what, I got these playlists and I've got Pandora at work and in the car, I only listen to Sirius XM radio. And yeah, I'll tell you what, this is good. And I'm like, 
<laughs> right? You're doing everything except listening to my radio station. Mm-hmm. How do you think that makes me feel? Not good. Yeah, and so I'm here to tell you that I listen to you and your and station. I, know, and I appreciate it. <laughs> I you want people to know that this this isn't a bunch of bullshit and blowing no, no. smoke up his ass, folks. I I listen. I do listen. Can you yeah. go to your buddy's house who works at Coke and showing up with this? <laughs> hey man, what's up? I brought a case. Who's who's uh, who's ready for one? <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine doing that god it happens here too it's like I, I even people in my group they're like hey you check out this paranormal con and so-and-so is going to be there and like well we're doing an event in two weeks how come you're not advertising that what are, you, what are you doing you come to my yeah. house and you talk about other people I, I try not to it's not a, it's not in your it. scope sir don't get me wrong but there's a similarity where i get just as aggravated i'm just looking at some of my friends like i know they don't understand they know what it is that they're saying and yeah. they don't realize that it's not like the job that I have isn't like a real job. <laughs> okay. It's I, not I, I beg to differ, but you say what you're going to say, say your piece. I, I, it's different in this way. When I worked driving a forklift at beach products and I moved paper plates from the truck to here and napkins from the truck to over here and vice versa, it was a factory job. Yeah. I was, When's three o'clock? Yeah. So I'm going to get the hell out. out of here. Right. That's a job. Yep. What I've done for 35 years is me personally putting myself out there on a medium that is what I believe to be the most personal medium of the newspaper, TV, radio uh, platforms. And so it's much different than somebody saying you know oh yeah just you know pepsi and coke whatever my job career is me i'm the product and so when people say shit like well spotify 24 7 i'm like you know you're talking to me right i'm your buddy and you're you don't say shit about me i get really angry once in a while yeah when some of that happens i shouldn't I'm old. It should go right off my back, but it doesn't. It doesn't. Nope. nope. Me either. Me either. And and I think you should. I think you should. Uh, I will tell you that I, I use like one or two because there's stuff that I listen to that I can't get on local radio. I'm just going to be honest about it. Right, if I want, if I want Thistle and uh, Shamrock because I like Celtic music, I go to one of these things, you know, yeah, uh, doing what we're doing right now. I mean, I dig it because I like the platform because we don't have any stations who are saying, Hey, we've got a talk show that's local anymore. Cause you know how some of those people have gone to the wayside. Um, people that you and I both know personally and AM or, or FM or not. The, the fact is I'm going to ask you, you know, where I'm going with this little segue here is even more how you feel about that, you know, doing that, you're doing some podcasting and some different stuff that I want people to go listen to you. I want people to not give up on, on, you know, radio, which if they think it's old school or not, I think it needs to survive. You know, it's still an important part of the community uh, to be in touch because what are you going to do when your internet goes down? Yeah. They still have power and they're running out important news and are still playing music. And there's a medium out there for you guys to tune into. What what are you going to do? Yeah. What are you going to do? That's true. Does that make any sense? And that's why I try to be as local as I can on my radio show. And I can get, listen, I get it. I probably came out pretty bitter there. Um, but 
Well, no, you're making a good point, though. Mostly it's when my friends do that to me is what I'm talking about. <laughs> right. I right. understand people are going to listen to the other stuff. I get that. But right. when my friends are at my house and they're going, yeah, let's turn on Spotify. I'm like, <laughs> you're taking money away from me. You understand? Yeah, that? it's my living, man. Duh. Duh. They, don't, uh, they don't equate it to <laughs> what it really is. And, and, you know, part of that's just because, it, 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 again, I'm ingrained in it 35 years. And it's a very personal thing for me it's not just a job and that's yeah. that's why i get bent out of shape when it's kind of, it's kind of like hey dr melvin uh you're my second favorite show <laughs> oh yeah what's what's your other one bass masters it's a fishing show <laughs> you know i had to throw the ghostbuster thing in there yeah i know bass masters yeah uh-huh ironically one of my friends is now the host of bass masters very cool <laughs> very cool I, I am still a watcher, man. I am a bass fanatic. I am too. I was, I was in Traverse City yesterday. Oh, yep. man. I went to, uh, I won an auction. This will, I'll do this real short because this is not really why we're here. Um, we are here to talk about everything and anything. So my friend Mark Zona is uh, uh, host the Bassmaster uh -huh. with Tommy Sanders. Yeah. If you watch TV. Every I do. Yeah. He's my buddy. He's from Sturgis. He's the one that made me serious about bass fishing 30 years ago. Um, anyway, so I always get these emails from bass. <clears throat> Every year they have an auction. The auction benefits their hall of fame, okay? I always look. It's always jerseys, signed, autographed rods, yeah, packages. And one of them was a fishing trip with uh, a guy who guides, you know, he's a fishing guide. He will take you out to supposedly where the fish are biting because that's his job. And he's pretty well known in Michigan. And his name's Chris Knopfsinger. And uh, one of the auction items was a day trip in Traverse City on the East Bay with him. Well, I don't go to the East Bay very often to fish. I go up there every year twice to fish. But I fish the Little Lakes Inland because I'm afraid to get on the big water. I've had bad experiences. Sometimes I'm by Amen. myself. Amen. So I thought, I'm going to bid on this damn thing and see how high it goes. Well, it got up. I'm like, nah, I'm going to go one more time. One more. One, you know, you do one more like eight times. One more. <laughs> yeah, one more. <laughs> I ended up winning the thing. So it was a day on the water with him. That day that we finally got around to, this is a year ago, uh, was yesterday. And so I was up there yesterday fishing uh, with him. He caught a couple of honkers. I only caught four. Clearly, we could tell who the professional was. He knew exactly, this is going to sound stupid to people who don't fish. He was cranking this swim bait on the bottom in 30 feet of water, slower than slow. And that's what they wanted yesterday. They didn't that's like That's the anything. tough part of the bass fishing, folks. Anyway, I, I hear you. So where were we? I made that, I tried to make that No, show. now we could turn it into a bass show. Yeah, I hear you, man. I, I had a rough stories. year. My wife hates my stories because they go too long. No, no. Wow. You see me give that look. Everybody seeing that look I'm giving them? That's all I hear from everybody and my my wife, too. Like, you're going all the way around the block to get to a point on a story. Why is it eight blocks long, the story? I don't get it. I figure like, well, I'm not changing now. I'm 58 years old. I'm done changing for anybody. You and me both. You and me both. Yeah, I'm hitting 59 in January. You mentioned bass, bass <laughs> monsters, ghostbusters, something. Where were we headed? 
I don't remember. We were talking about you doing, you know, moving on. You, we, we've done the the morning show thing here in Kalamazoo. Now, what was what was the next step there? I mean, obviously you went to the zoo. I know that part, right. but yeah, yeah, yeah. So it got it got purchased by one of the big uh, we call, I call them the evil empire. There mm-hmm. are three or four radio companies in America that own ninety percent of the radio stations. That's the way it is. That's yeah. why if you go to Ohio, Wisconsin, Illinois, New York, all the rock stations sound the same. Yep, all the programming yeah. is the same. Yep, by the same people. There's a guy in a suit in Atlanta telling all the stations what to play. It sucks. Mm-hmm. They have ruined radio. They have ruined local radio. They have fired all the radio people. What used to be a 50-person building is now 12. I was one of those people who got canned in 05 after the takeover. But it also had to do with, I don't know how deep I want to go into this. I didn't get along with the program director. He wanted to bring his own dude in. So some of you who know what happened in 05 and who, yeah. who yeah. replaced me didn't go so well. That's what happened. Right. Anywho, uh, so in 05, I was out. Uh, there aren't a lot of radio jobs in Kalamazoo. I, I explored. I talked with so many people. I was lied to so many times. You can hear some of these stories in my podcasts. Uh, go to my uh uh, Facebook page and you'll get the link. They're all and, up and, on my YouTube channel, by the yeah, way. Yeah, and we're going to make sure that you give all that out here at the end of the show uh, for sure. And I want to tell everybody too, Scotty, that, you know, um, knowing about some of that and, and being friends with you and being friends with another person, um, I'm in neutral ground and and I just, you know, want you to know that. And, and I'm in a good place, you know, with that, uh, just so you know. But here's the thing. You were wronged. I'm just going to say it. The other thing is, is that you were very generous in one of your podcasts. I want people to know if they go over and catch this, then you mentioned, you know, the station and individual that was part of, you know, getting you to where you needed to be. And and I find that high in character and very generous. And that that made me feel really good that you did that. I, I, I Not that my opinion means jack poop to you, but I'm just saying, I just thought, wow, you know, he talked about that and the person and i was like i respect that because i've done the same thing whether things ended good or not i've done the same thing there were still people that were instrumental in certain aspects of my life Mm -hmm. and and career changes and things i did too i just wanted to tell you that that i respected the the shit out of that so go ahead i didn't mean to interrupt that's all right that was a hard one for me to do i I I bet it it was a bad ending for me right at that radio station at wrkr In 05, October of 05, very bad. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, shitty. But yeah, it's in shitty. One my, in one of my podcasts, I uh, I do mention uh, some of the people and some of the stuff. But anyway. I, so, I didn't mean to go, I didn't mean to go there and make you uncomfortable. I just. No, that's okay. I, I, like I said, I, I'm aware of it. And like I said, I, I, yeah. I love you to death and I'm just, shit happens, man. Yeah. You know? And uh, so, so I was unemployed for about nine months. It was horrible. It right. Was I've ever was ever unemployed. <sighs> you know, it was terrible. Yeah. Just terrible. So I, there. I, met, I met with all the radio stations in town. Well, hang on. One, there's only two groups. There's three, but I met yeah. with two. The other two. <laughs> that's, that's all of them. Yeah. You know, I was offered a couple of jobs. They reneged. I had the dinner with the owner of one of them one of the groups, I'm not going to mention names, 
he told me at dinner, I said, hey, uh, you ever think about selling your radio stations? Because I don't think he wanted to hire me, I found out. He just wanted me to give him information, which was a douche move. I said, would you ever think about selling the stations? No, I would never sell them. Two weeks later, it was announced that they were selling the radio stations. Unbelievable. I was lied to so many times. So that they, the other group had two job offers, called to accept both of them, and they told me they were no longer available. Something else was at play there. Why in the world? Just horrible. Just what the, horrible. what the hell? So then I finally ended up at the zoo. The zoo has, I've been at the zoo since July of 06. So this next summer, I will celebrate 35 years in radio in Southwest Michigan and uh, 16 years at WZUU. Yeah, it's been a they while, wow. What I want, I'm the program director. Uh, I handle the music, I do my show. They don't interrupt me doing my show. They don't tell me what to say, none of that. Um, and I'm hoping that that's where I can finish things out. <laughs> I'm hoping to retire at 62 and a half. Um, and a half. And a half. Okay. Social security and ride into the sunset and get a golf cart and move down South somewhere. But, um, mm. so it's been almost 16 years and I get to play rock. I get to say whatever I want, do whatever I want. I'm not as crazy as I used to be on, on my show. Um, you know, back in the day, the morning show, I had a team. Um, we could have each other's backs. We could do whatever we wanted, say whatever we wanted. And I did a lot. <laughs> yeah, you I, did. I remember. Yep. Sure, I went over the line a couple of times. Um, but and, people love that. People love to hear that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I got called out a few times. Um, Probably rightfully so. And I admitted it when I was wrong. But I don't do that stuff anymore. The world is a different place than it was. In oh, yeah. Yeah. Too many nut jobs. Yep. Too many uh, social justice warriors. <laughs> oh, yeah. Too many social media cowards sitting in their basement acting as if they're a giant group of people when it's one guy and a, key a keyboard. It's a weird, weird place. And you know, I just I do, yeah, I do understand that, my friend. I do jabs in here and there, but I don't rant as much as I used to. When I'm really pissed, I do. I do every once in a while, and then I just don't answer the phone. Oh no, I can yeah, I can hear sometimes the exasperation when you've said a few things because you, yeah. I can hear you take that breath on air yeah. like. And you, and you always started out with a uh, one of them things, you know, and uh, it's funny. When I say I understand, it's like obviously not in the scope of your realm, but I understand as an observer on the outside and watching how things go, um, talking to people who even do some of this stuff on a bigger scale, let's say, again, in the podcasting realm, you know, in my bubble, uh, it, it goes on here too. I'm sure you're finding out. Um, you want listeners, you want to bring people over, you want to do your own thing. And sometimes I have to be careful even doing the big dog show, which some of you come over and listen to. I tell everybody it's a safe place to come. You know, it's, 
Uh, I stand on what I've designed with the program, but I can get away with a lot that Scotty couldn't get away with on the air. And I can, and, but I still get the same nut jobs. They'll tune into the thing because it's out there to the public and they send me all sorts of hate mail, death threats. I've had it. That does, that sounds insane for a little guy doing a podcast in his basement. And you're just like, where, where do these people come from? Do, is this what you do all day? You have no life and you wait. I think it still goes on in radio. I know you know what it does with you. you know, they wait. They. I have a few stock. I have many stock replies to many stock callers. <laughs> Whenever I get one of those, I just say, you know what you need, sir? You just need your own show. Go yep. ahead. It's free. Yep. You go start your own. Yeah. Let me know how it goes. I love you. That's excellent. Yeah. Just we'll do your own thing. Then you got a format and you can say whatever the hell you want. I told Stop a guy about, I think yeah. about two months ago, somebody called and complained about something I said. And he goes, you shouldn't be saying that. That's wrong information. That's bad information. And I go, it's my opinion. And he goes, well, you shouldn't be able to do that. And I go, so it's your opinion that I shouldn't have my opinion. Yep. <laughs> Guys, oh, the, irony. the irony. Yes. You hear what he's saying, folks? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's I still get that too. Yeah. You shouldn't say that. No. Why do you talk about women like that? Like, what, what, what do you mean? Because I said the word boobs. What, <laughs> did I miss something somewhere? They do have them. I hate to, I hate to be this guy that bursts your bubble. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, one of these things. <laughs> I get crazy on the program. I got to have you on that show as well. So yeah. we can just really go to town. But, but yeah, I struggle. I, the main thing is, folks, if you've listened to the program, all I really want to do now is just share my adventures because when you're with, you're in the Holroyd clan, there's never a dull moment. I'm going to guarantee if I take a camping trip, <laughs> uh, fishing venture, it does. If I want to walk across the street, I guarantee you something's going to go left. <clears throat> Doesn't ruin my day, but there's always some sort of humor that interjects. And I try to pull the humor, Scotty, out of most anything that happens to me in my life, if you listen to some of the better shows and I, I do mention politics, you know, uh, and I always tell everybody here. Yeah, that's a tricky one. And, and all I tell everybody is that we're just all watching the crazy train in the tall grass. We're waving at the crazy circus clowns in the window as it goes by. Uh, we bide our time. Everybody just chill, get along, be nice to each other. Um, you know, just, just everybody get along. That's all I want them to do. And if they can't, then like you said, go do your own show. Yeah. Go do your own thing. It go don't do your cost own thing. nothing. Cost nothing. See, nothing. I wouldn't, mind, I wouldn't mind doing politics. I could, if I wasn't so lazy, I would incorporate <laughs> my radio show as half a talk show because I enjoy that. Mm-hmm. But you can no longer have a conversation with anyone. Oh, not on a, not on a civil level. Not, not anybody who's not in opposition. Yeah. Not even with sports anymore. I know. There, there's no, there's no give and take. There's no, uh, oh, I, I hear what you're saying, but what about this? There's no this actual conversations happening. It's hate, 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 hate. <laughs> you know, it's right. like Twitter. I quit Twitter last year. Maybe a year and a half ago. It was a cesspool of hate. It still is. Still is. I'm not on that. I, Instagram, I nothing. I got sucked yeah. into it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm ashamed of some of the stuff I tweeted. Yeah. And I just, I had to get out of it. And, and if folks, yeah. if you're listening to this show, which I put up on this face, you know, some of the Facebook platforms, I, you know, I, Facebook's aware. 
I only whore Facebook. I whore Facebook out. Okay, folks. Right. Same There's here. a lot of reasons I, I can reach you. I can reach the masses. I can do my thing. I behave myself on the, on the format, whether I, I buy into the insanity or not. Fact is like, just like Scotty's saying, you know, you just got to find what you can do where you can't do things. And then within that insanity, I use it to advertise what we're doing out here. And, uh, beyond that, I could, I give two poops less. Um, but uh, let's talk about some some of the other stuff that that because in these in this stretch of career which we've covered, and I really want to apologize because I I felt maybe I I made you feel a little uncomfortable there for a moment or two and I didn't want to. Um, you have met. Okay, we got to start with with the music thing. You oh. have met. I swear to God, everybody. Not if really. I, it it's, sounds like it. It yeah, sounds like it though. Right. I mean, name some, drop some names, man. Talk about some of the first uh, music, big music people that you met starting out. Okay, so so the first concert I ever went backstage at was in Grand Rapids at whatever the club was called at the time, Club Eastbrook. I don't know what it was. Okay. Uh, we were going to do a meet and greet, and I was the guy taking the people. And it was Fog Hat and Molly Hatchet. Oh, wow. That was my first backstage as a radio guy. And they were great. They did liners for me, you know, or they say, hey, this is Danny Joe Brown. You're listening to. That's at the cool. time, I didn't have Bud. So it was just, you're listening to Scott Melvin. I was Scott Melvin. Yeah. I didn't get Bud until 90, end of 90, uh, maybe. That's also one of my podcasts. I talk about how I got that nickname. And it's not Budweiser and it's not marijuana. <laughs> so FYI. I've never smoked. FYI. So it's not right. Yeah. Not mine so either. Anyway, uh, so that was the first one. My favorite one was also very early, 1990, Stevie Ray Vaughan. Oh, wow. Came to Kalamazoo and played the uh, Kalamazoo County Fair. I know it sounds rednecky to people who are not from around here, but it's Stevie Ray Vaughan. He had just come back from being like whacked out of his mind for most of his life, and he got his act together was uh, uh, sober and off drugs and all this stuff, mm -hmm. put out a killer album. It was called In Step. Everybody was playing it. He was on the rise. Yeah. Most people know he died in a helicopter accident. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in Wisconsin. Three days prior to this death, he played the Kalamazoo State, or Kalamazoo County Fair. I had dinner with him that night. Oh, man. Yeah. Backstage before the show, his band, I can't remember all their names, Reese, and I can't remember all the guys. They had a grill. Somebody was cooking steaks. Me and my wife sat down at a picnic table across from Stevie Ray and his band. His band, during dinner, we're having steaks with Stevie Ray. His band is asking me and mostly my wife, well, why wouldn't you? <laughs> Nobody cares about the radio, idiot. Um, let's talk to his good-looking wife. You got a beautiful wife. Yeah. They were asking about her. So what do you do? So you guys got any kids? How did you meet? The freaking band is, you know what I mean? It was the greatest. We came in Monday morning after that show. Uh, I think the show was, oh, I'm trying to remember the exact dates, but it was, uh, I think he died like on a Saturday night after the concert in Alpine. I think it was Alpine Valley in Wisconsin. So it would have been, you know, midnight or whatever into Sunday. We didn't find out till Monday because there was no internet. Yeah. We had right. a DPI machine that spits out news when it happens. Yeah. So we got in Monday morning at five o'clock in the morning to do our morning show. 
Look at this. Stevie Ray died. Vaughn died in a helicopter. I just, and this is this sounds so phony when I say I just had dinner with him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I do. Like, Are you kidding? This can't be. I'm reading it again. It's five in the morning. One of the greatest nights and then one of the worst days. Yeah. Almost back to back. I, I do know what you mean. I have a, I had a paranormal friend who was well known in paranormal circles. Uh, you, I'm sure you saw uh, Jason Sullivan, uh, who passed oh. away unexpectedly. And you know, yeah. we had just had same thing. We just went down and had dinner with him. Now it was more than a couple of days, but I mean, less than 27 days mm-hmm. after we we saw him, and we were going to get together and have him on the show, and we were going to do some new things together because oh. uh, we hadn't done anything in a long time, and. Uh, I was shocked out of my underwear, you know, I mean, just still not emotionally probably recovered from that because, you know, I knew him way personally, but still it's that same feeling. Like I just saw him. I was talking to him four or five days ago, you know, (laughs) online. So yeah, crazy. Uh, Who else have you met? I mean, I know, I know some of the names. Yeah. um, I mean, one of my favorites of all time, Lemmy from Motorhead, that would have been 93. Actually, I met Lemmy twice, but. With the radio station, I got to introduce the show at the State Theater. Uh, was Motorhead, somebody else, and uh, Black Sabbath at the time. Oh wow! Yeah, uh, so I went backstage. Lemmy was dealing with these two chicks uh, backstage, which is the basement of the State Theater, and I kind of did yep. a knock. I could tell what was going on, but I went. Ah. I go, Lemmy, I'm from the radio station. Just want to say a quick hello. Uh, and one of the girls who he was dealing. Uh, <laughs> I used air quotes a lot tonight. Um, she goes, Scotty Bud. <laughs> so she recognizes me, right? Uh, from the radio station, I made a lot of appearances. And, um, I go, hey, can you get a picture? I had my camera, of course. And I brought my friend with me. And uh, she goes, yeah. So she's the one that took the picture. Lemmy didn't even get up. He's sitting in a chair like this. He's like, Jesus Christ. I'm trying to get these two chicks. And here's this idiot from the radio station. Yep, trying to get a photo. <laughs> <laughs> that's on my facebook page somewhere i've posted it before oh boy uh, just funny he's like he's your face is like whatever <laughs> anyway he's one of my all-time favorites um you know van halen I, i'm trying to think now you put me on the spot here i've met skinner and i've done radio shows with nugent i was yeah. on his radio show yeah ted's uh, ted's a character Ted is uh too over the top um Let's see what other so many musicians. I can't Def Leppard. Um, you know, so many at Wayne Stadium. And, and how were how were most of these people? I mean, honestly, most you know, I, cool. yeah. Most can put on their happy face for a half hour for their right. VIP line. Right. Uh some not so much. The lead singer of Rat was a dick, uh, Stephen Piercy. <laughs> um, I have a photo of my wife and him, and he has his head down with his hat on. Oh boy. Um, Andrew Dice Clay was a dick, but he was on the phone. Who else? He's been a dick to a lot of people. Oh, well, yeah. So, I mean, I met him, I met him in Phoenix in 89. Oh. Uh, he'd happened to be eating lunch directly across from me at a table. And here's me and my nerd buddies sitting in Star Trek costume. Oh my God. So you know how well that went when my buddies went over to talk to him and get an autograph and oh. he was, he was nice, but the 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 cracks and the jokes and i just sat at the table like i don't want none of that That's i don't cool. want none of that there'll be trouble 
for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But he was, he was very courteous. He took a photo with Larry and PJ. I didn't want oh. any of it because he was just reaming them upside, but they loved that. They were all for it, you know. That's he, he he was all right. He was all right. But I'm I, I asked that question, folks, because I doing the Comic Con thing, which has now become this huge thing. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm meeting TV and movie star people left and right because with my Ghostbuster crew, we have VIP status, and we're in every Comic Con except Motor City in Michigan hmm. now. So I'm pretty honored by that. Oh, cool. uh, I mean, my coalition guys are in everything, and I try to go to as as many as I can, but I, I know what you're saying. I asked that because there are some who are very approachable, you know, if they're putting on the act or not, there are times we're able to interact with a lot of them where that's down and you really get to see, you know, who they really are outside of, you know, putting on a pretense. But, uh, I would say 95% of the people I've met have been pretty decent and they're just down to earth. But there are those who like, dude, you did a show 30 years ago. Half these people don't know who you are and you're acting like the world's biggest dick. So what's, well, what's the deal? Think, you know, it would, it would seem to me that if you're going to be in a place like Comic-Con or a, an event like that, anything, you yeah. should have your happy face on. Mm-hmm. You are making money. They have offered you a shot to make money. Correct. Come on. Correct. That's yeah. like when, when people were on our radio show and they weren't nice, we would, I would sometimes call the agent or the people who booked them later and say, Hey, we just spent 15 minutes with Joe Blow promoting your new thing for you guys. And he was a douche. Yeah. Not yeah. cool. Yeah. You know, I've heard that. that. Yeah. What you? Was a douche. Who? Davy Jones, monkeys. I've heard that. Yeah. Not, from, not just from you. I mean, I've heard that now it comes out, of course, after they pass away, but, you know, other oh, people okay. that are out there. But I was going to ask, who who would be your worst? I mean, that it was think- Dice Clay. We almost hung up on him. And uh, Davy Jones wasn't wasn't very friendly. There are very few. I'm trying to think of who else. Uh, we had a, a, a one a rough morning with Haywood Banks, a comedian. Oh, yeah. He does a shtick. He does a character. Mm-hmm. And we are on the phone with a comedian, Robert Schimmel, one morning. I know that person. Schimmel yeah. was a pretty yep. funny dude. And he did our show a lot. And he had good drawings in Michigan when he came to do his comedy show. So he knew he had to, to do our morning show. And we had him on the phone specially that day because he was going to announce that he was going to record his HBO special at the State Theater. Yep. Big announcement. Oh, yeah. And we got to go backstage that night, have champagne with him. It was a cool thing. There, there's one of them I forgot about. Um, and while we were on the phone with Schimmel, Haywood Banks had come in because he was supposed to be on in like a half hour. And he has guitar. And he was farting around with his guitar making noise while we were on with uh, on the phone with Schimmel. And I shot him the daggers like you wouldn't believe. That was a rough morning. That one sticks in my head. Comedians. I had a lot of comedians that we loved that were very kind to us. Favorite of all time, Brian Regan. If you haven't seen Brian Regan's comedy, clean, hilarious, goofy. He was on our show for two hours and we made him laugh. And I could tell it was genuine. And it was awesome. 
So yeah, lots of comedians too. Yeah, that that's the thing I even always tried to do whenever I was on with you with little short stints is like, I wonder if I can get him to laugh, just throw in stupid <laughs> comments here and there. And if I make you laugh or anybody that I'm on air with, I'm I'm happy because that means you know I've reached an area where I'm now in their I'm in their court and right. I've done something that they do and and I've returned the favor. So right. that's always mattered to me. I try to I try to have people smile and laugh as much as I can, and I go. either hit the mark. I'm way off. There's, there's, I'm there's no in between. Sometimes I will admit I can be uh, a tough Well, I, I want to tell everybody too. You know, you you've come out with SMP. You have an open door. I still consider you a member of our paranormal. I do want to do another one someday. Group. Yeah, and I, I want people to know you. You are a gem. You you are always kind, considerate. You're always you know into it and doing your thing. And if I'm to say anything, any interaction I've ever had with you has always been gracious and and okay. very nice. Um, I still remember the first one we ever did. You guys, it was in, it was either in Marshall, was it Marshall? It was some like coffee place or something. And there were like six or seven of you guys and I was invited. It was my birthday and you guys sang happy birthday to me that night. I remember that. I do too. That was the first one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll do it again. We'll do it again, man. Like I, I said, people ask if you're still on board. Cause I had people at an event, Scotty, that, uh, in Hartford, uh, this last week, we did the uh, Van Buren Poorhouse Museum, and mm -hmm. somebody's like, you're friends with Scotty Butt, aren't you? Because I hear you talk about him once in a while. Is he still in your group? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> he goes, well, I listen to him every every day. I'm like, well, huh? I, I talk to him rarely. I mean, but we, we try to communicate. So I think that's cool. Um, yeah, you come out anytime. We'll, we'll make this happen. And I do want to someday. I don't know when that day would be. Right, right. <laughs> Well, we'll make it happen, man. I'm, I'm, I'm getting more balance and more time control, you know, manage my uh, own time a lot better than I used you know, to. Around this corner here, you can't see it. I still have the bag with all my stuff in it. You better hang on to it because you're going to be out soon. I got new things happening and I would like you to come out because these are, there's a, there's a place in Lansing I want to take you called the Turner Dodge House. Okay. And uh, we just got an end to that and a uh, spectacular place. But uh, we're going to take our second break and then we're going to do a few few more uh, things with Scotty Bud here on Around the Mitten. I know that this is one of our extended versions of the show, which I'm loving. Uh, I still have a lot to ask him and we want to work it in, but uh, we're never on a time limit here. And uh, everybody, again, you know, check out HendersonCastle.com. Okay, go to unrestrictedradio.com. Please download that app. You will hear this program on one of our Saturday night schedulings. I'll let you know in advance at some point when we're going to air this as well. And you're also listening to us on my network, okay? Unrestrictedparanormal.com. That's my network. We own this network. We control the content for a short time. We are in control of your TV set. You know, the whole Outer Limits thing. So if you go to the front page and you scroll down, there's a player box and you can listen to any podcast that I've got on there at your convenience. You can listen on your phone, your iPad. I don't care what it is that you have that you're out here. Uh, I'd love to try to get some stuff out here someday and maybe make the uh, shows a little more professional and maybe go out on the airwaves. Probably when I'm about 70 and I'll probably do a week worth of shows and then, you know, pass out or die. Who knows? Um, the fact of the matter is you can go to my network. Now, it's spelled a little different, folks. It's unrest, X-T-R-D. I, I spelled unrestricted slightly different because apparently somebody has that somewhere. So God forbid I can't get .com. So it's unrestrictedparanormal.com, and uh, we'll be back for more right after this.
And again, we are back. Thank you for staying with us. I know we've done a lot of talking and this man fascinates the hell out of me. I just uh, hearing the names and the the faces. And again, he's always patient with yours truly. Uh, I just remembered, I just remembered I met Kiss too. A couple times. You hear the gasp, everybody? Yeah. So in my car, folks. Sorry. When I, no, no, that's great. Because in my car, when I have my grandchildren, you know, Elliot and Charlie, if I am not playing Kiss or Ghostbusters, there is hell to play in that car. So I got them hooked on the Kiss thing. We took them to see uh, Strutter out here at the Gilmore Car Museum. And uh, we thought they were going to. It was good. I mean, we thought they were going to do more of the hits, but they they stuck to the, I think, the 1974 or 5 thing, whatever it was that they were keying in on. And the one song we wanted to play that my grandkids love is I Was Made for Loving You. Uh, And they didn't play it. They didn't do it. But he was was enamored. We even had it worked out where he was going to be able to go backstage and get pictures with all of them because we were less than five feet from the cars when they brought him in, and he was waving and loved it. The minute we talked about being there with him and having pictures, he was having none of it. He was like, no, no, that's okay. And I, I think it was either a straight uh, stage fright for Elliot or it was a thing where now I get to be really close to him and the makeup's kind of frightening. But he loves their music. I mean, we started with that song. He listens to all of it now. I bought him an LP, which, you know, Walmart and select stores released a, an LP that had some of their greatest hits on it. And uh, I gave the kids uh, my uh, record player, which has CD player, FM radio, all that crap in it. And they play it. They play it. So Kiss is awesome. I am a, I am a Kiss fan, too, from way back. How were they? How was Gene and everybody? Uh, Gene's great. I probably interviewed him three times. Um, always great. He's like Nugent, but toned down a little. All you have to do is say hi. Very cool. Very cool. He seems cool in all of his interviews. Yeah. Other guys, Stanley, who who was who was who was with him uh, at the I time. Didn't meet, I didn't meet everybody. Okay. Uh, yeah, okay. I don't know if because they all didn't come out. Well, not the time I was at Wings, they didn't. And and it was Gene with no makeup. Uh, oh, cool. As well, so my wife was excited to get that photo. Although she That's hates cool. her hair, I can't show half of the photos that I've taken over the years because my wife hates her hair. <laughs> you can't post that. My hair looks terrible. It's a kiss. Come on. I'm dying. My so wife, my wife pulls, pulls kind of the same crack, but it's not so much the hair. It's just, oh God, I look horrible in that photo. Don't you dare share that. I'm like, but they're good photos. So I, I got things too. I'm just like, okay. Cause I will never hear the end of it, folks. We post those mm-hmm. pictures. We will be sleeping out in the garage, whether you know we have one or not. That just reminded me. One of the things I'm doing, this is going to sound like a sales pitch. I'm starting to sell it, baby. I'm starting to downsize. Uh-huh. And so I've got, I'm starting to get rid of stuff. And so some of my collective collection type stuff is getting going on the auction block. And well, stuff. yeah, I, I did that too, my friend. We talked about going RV in full time. You know that. And we had a vintage right. camper. We've now sold it to somebody you probably know, uh, Tin Man, a buddy of mine who's got a local band, used to be in custody, and they've changed their name a hundred times. Chris, you know, uh, (laughs) also a local police officer, so we won't give his last name out. But uh, same thing, him and his his girlfriend bought it, and, you know, they're using it. And uh, Eve took a new position, as I've already mentioned, and she kind of changed the rules. So I downsized a lot, got rid of a lot of stuff. That's why half my walls and stuff behind me are empty. 
and now I'm thinking, well, we'll probably be putting in another five or six years. Maybe I'm gonna have to start building the collection back up again because <laughs> I got rid of, you know, I think you gave me some Tiger Detroit Tiger uh, programs. You gave me a, yeah, you did. You gave me a stack oh, okay. of those, and I ended up getting rid of them because I thought I have Tiger stuff everywhere, and I'm like, where, where am I gonna take this in the camper? Right. So I'm mad now because I took him to a local place. And he, at first he's trying to tell me, well, these aren't worth anything. And the stuff that you gave me, I, I don't know if you see, you must not remember, but the stuff you, the stuff you gave me, it's mint. Yeah. I look at where are you going to get a 1984 Tigers book from the stadium, dude. Some of them, where, some of them are older than that, I think. Yeah, they are. Yeah. I've kept, I've kept two that are very dear to me okay. at the 84. And I've got, I think I've got another one that's got Sparky on the front, uh, different year. Uh, it's here it's over i don't want to pull it out now anyway the point is i'm with you on there again i get off track um so we've we've talked a little bit about the music people you have also met tons of sports people that's why i was kind of going into the detroit baseball thing i have a method to my madness uh you've met some tigers that i got to talk to briefly uh you know like willie horton mark fidrich um, I know, uh, Ernie, I saw him from a distance because they were doing one of their benefits here with, at, at Western. Uh, mm-hmm. they were coming down the escalator at the Renaissance center oh, oh. and I happened to do a kind of a double take cause I'm going up cause a friend came into town and I'm kind of like, that's uh, Mark Fridrich. And then he's like, well, come on, Willie. And they were joking around cause I didn't really pay attention to the heavy set black guy from <laughs> it's Willie Horton. And then they're, they're down at the bottom and they're like, Hey, Ernie. And there's Ernie with his wife. And, and then. People were on them. I mean, I saw a crowd out front. I wasn't sure what was going on, but uh, I'll back up. So, so who's the first major sports person that you got to meet? Well, I do want to tell a story about probably when all those people were in town. I was part of the event that they were at. Yeah, I do want to tell that story in a minute. But I used to go to all the Tigers spring train pre-spring training media uh uh, stops so what they did was before spring training spring training would start in february they would make a media tour and two days of the state and do media events detroit grand rapids and back in the day they did kalamazoo and they would be at one of the hotels um do you think do you think the kalamazoo stop not to inter- interrupt, I'm sorry, I do a lot of that. Do you right. think that was kind of a leftover when, you know, because of uh, Fetzer? I don't yes. know if people know that Fetzer used to own the Tigers. so For sure. Real because big. it eventually ended. Right, right. And I said an, an angry phone call to the PR guy when it ended. Oh, no. Oh, no. A lot of that stuff I did know, but I never told anybody. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. I angered them. I'm, I made Deer, Derek Jeter's mom feel bad one time. Uh, anyway. <laughs> um <laughs> that was just me trying to drop Jeter's name. So the first one was probably those tiger tours because I would go because I was the sports guy. Yeah. I would go and get interviews and, and you get to literally sat at the table with you and whoever. Sparky, yeah. You know? Uh, uh, and so I did that for, I don't know how many years, 10, give or take. That's um, cool. But it wasn't autograph fest or any photos or anything like that. That's no, kind of but you, but you, Yeah. It was just interviews. Um, so I've got a lot of those tapes. Um, oh God, who else? I did play by play for Western hockey and basketball for three years. 
Um, so I got to see a lot of those people play when they were in college, you know, a lot of hockey players who played in college went to the NHL. Yep. Um, I'm an avid Western fan because I used to go to every hockey game when yeah. I played hockey at Central. Yeah. Yeah. So, so over my 35 years, I have worked with, I say this in one of my podcasts, I've worked with and for every sports team and entity that has come through Kalamazoo. That's cool. That's <laughs> the Kings, cool. the Kodiaks, yep. the Westerns, um, uh, the Kalamazoo Wings, uh, all of them. I've done things with them, for them, because of them. Uh, so I got to meet all the people that came through. I've met all the coaches and half of the players and blah, 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 blah. A lot of them have gone on to big things. Yeah. I just found yeah. out that former Western basketball coach Steve Hawkins is going to be the basketball coach at my old high school, Portage Northern. Oh, wow. That got announced a couple of weeks ago. I, I remember when Greg Steele came to coach our team at Central. Yeah. Yeah, we're dating ourselves. People yeah, are like, well, who, who are these people? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So I have met all those people. Um, I did special things like I went to the NBA draft uh, when Chris Weber was drafted. Um, I've been to an NHL All-Star game. I've done all kinds of cool Tiger games. Uh, one of the cool things was probably the event you were talking about at the Radisson when a bunch of Tigers were there. I've been able to play in three or four charity softball games over the years. So Tigers would send people to different towns and they would play for a big charity. They always wanted media people because the media people would promote the event. Yeah. Well, they'd find the media person who was the sports person or whatever, and we'd get the invite. And, uh, and so it was me. And uh, I got to play in one at Western Michigan University, uh, their baseball field called Himes Field. It's been renamed. Um, so this would have been 90, hmm, two, three, back. four, somewhere around there. I got a hit in the softball game. It was the Kalamazoo celebrity people against the Tigers. I got a hit off Mark Fidrich in that game. I also robbed Mickey Stanley of a double while I was playing third. <laughs> it gets better. All of this described by Ernie Harwell on public access on TV. Oh, wow. I have the tape. Think about that. I am. I need it's to, so awesome. I need to I come need to and come sit. You got to play this stuff for me. I miss I Ernie. I, miss I have it. that on my computer as something that I want to get to. <laughs> it's one of my... One of my files. I miss so, that gentleman, man. You know, and there he stood like a house by the side of the road. I miss that guy. I only yeah. have six autographed baseballs behind me. Only. That. Yeah, only. Wait, two, four, six, eight, ten. I apologize. Ten. One set. Is As you Ernie mentioned Harwell. earlier, math is not our strong suit. You're right. <laughs> One set is Ernie Harwell and Paul Carey, which I got in person. All oh, these yeah. autographs I got in person. Very and, cool. And uh, I'll never get rid of the Ernie Harwell one. Yeah, my my brother Chuck's only got one, and that was uh, Charlie Maxwell years ago because oh, yeah. that's how long Chuck had been working for Vans Furniture and Art Van Furniture. Mm-hmm. He's now retired, but yeah, ended up delivering to the guy, and it's like took him down the basement, got a free show, and I'm like, dude, wow. come on, man. The only person I've ever met, Scotty, was uh, uh, well, I can't say I shook hands with him. Uh, he was probably about six to seven feet away from me. Uh, we lived in Tucson at the time, and there. Mm-hmm. Uh, farm team was the Tucson Toros. Now, Reggie Jackson was with the Angels at the time. Mm -hmm. And here he was out in the outfield directly across from me. And we were able to sit 
in the grass and anywhere. This was not secured or nothing. You know, the open fields, they're playing a pickup game with another major league team. I forget who it was because I didn't care because there's Reggie in the outfield. He's still playing. And a foul ball came over, and he came running over to get the ball directly in front of me. I'm like, how you doing, Mr. Jackson? He's like, pretty good, man. How you doing? I'm like, good. And then off he runs. Yeah. That's my that's my brush with fame. So I can say, you know, I got to I got to talk to him for about two seconds and oh. got to see him, and it was really cool. I got to see Phil Necro, oh. who was still trying to play at the time. Oh, yeah. uh, he was pitching, and he, he was sent down, and he was pitching for the Toros. Wow. Tucson Toros. They were the – they were the team for the Houston Astros at the time. Okay, this yeah. is how long ago this was. So you're a sports guy. You probably know the years and all the connections. Toros, but yeah. that's it for me, man. That's it for me for, like I said, as far as, you know, seeing Mark and Willie and, and Ernie from a distance. And oh, that's it. Let me tell you my Mark Fidrich story, if you don't mind. Um, no, go. I want to hear it. So Mark Fidrich was a character, probably the coolest character in baseball ever. Well, I shouldn't say that because I didn't know any of the guys in the 30s and 40s, but. Finished play for the Tigers. He was rookie of the year. He blew out his arm. While he was here, he was the guy who talked to the baseball when he was on the mound. Yep. Oh, my God. Here we go. We got there. Well, he came to town for a, uh, a signing. That was just the reason he came. He was at the Kalamazoo Kings game. No, I think it was the Kodiaks. I still yeah. had the bat over here in my corner. Signed it. And so they brought him in to get fans in. Of course, they're going to promote the event. They come to me which I was very grateful for. I got a lot of, I was on the receiving end of a lot of that in the nineties. Hey, we need to do something sports related with this. We got to do, who are we going to call? I was the call. That's so cool. that was one of the cool things that I was a recipient of for many years. Very cool. So Mark is in home. And you earned it, you know? Uh, I did bust my ass. I will yep. tell you that. Yep. I, did, I did bust my ass, but thank you. So Mark's going to call you. Tuesday at noon, record it, play it back on Friday to pimp his appearance on Saturday. That's how it would work. So I get Mark on the phone. I'm a big fan. I was at one of his wins in 1976. I'm a huge Tiger fan. So I get him on. We probably did 15 good minutes. And I think we were only supposed to do five or 10. I got him to speak to the ball for me as if he was on the mound. I said, you know, everybody saw you talking to the ball. Give me something. Give me what you were saying. And he did it for me on the phone. That's cool. I mean, I had nothing to lose by asking him. You know, I thought I got it. That was a highlight for me, for sure. I love that. As I love that as a young man watching that. Yeah. You'd think, man, that guy's loony, but he could pitch, could pitch his butt off. That was the end of innocence. Yep. In the 70s. Yep. After that, it was... Everything was choreographed. And... Now, now I I think I remember you mentioning Muhammad Ali at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, now, did you actually physically meet uh, yeah. the man? Yeah. I spent the afternoon at his house. I probably should have led with him. He's one of the most recognized human beings in the history of the earth. <laughs> at this <laughs> point, number, yeah. Yeah. Be number one, I think. Could be, I would think, yeah. yeah. So, uh, early 90s, I don't know, 94, 95. I'm always fuzzy. Unless there's something specific locked into a date, I'm fuzzy on the, you know what I mean? Man, you've done so much. I can understand. It's actually on my YouTube channel. So if you go to my YouTube channel, it says the date. Okay. So uh, I was at a golf outing and one of the auction items, it was actually the Ronald McDonald house. Uh, They raise money for their charity. You know, they do good things for kids and Mm -hmm. hospital bills and all this other stuff. 
And it was an annual thing. And I had gotten to know the owners of some of the McDonald's. They owned five or six of them in town, including the one by the airport. And uh, they had this golf outing and we got invited, of course. And uh, they had an auction afterwards. I thought, I gotta get something. I gotta buy something from this auction to show these people appreciation, you know, even if it's $40 for a pair of tickets to the football game or whatever. Right. Well, I found out that they were auctioning off a meet and greet with Muhammad Ali because they got to know him because they did charity work at the McDonald's in Berrien Springs, Michigan. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is where Muhammad Ali lived. Mm-hmm. He had about 80 or 90 acres, big house. So I'm like, damn, this is seriously a VIP? Yeah, you're going to win boxing gloves signed. You're going to win photos, a poster, this and that. Well, the bidding got up to like 200 bucks and it stalled. And I'm like, yep. Somebody else got in, got up to around three, close to three. And I'm like, I'm getting this damn thing. So I forgot the exact amount I paid for it, but it was around there. Turned out the day we they picked, it was like, we left at noon. We all went in two cars, the owners of the McDonald's, uh, one of my sales guys at the radio station, who, thank God, brought his video camera. I did not. I did not own a video camera. I did not have children yet. So it had to be 95 or 94. (laughs) (laughs) So thank God he did. It's it's now the video that I have the most views on on my YouTube channel. It's around 25,000 views, maybe. Wow. Something like that. Yeah. I I get messages from people from other parts of the world oh my goodness you met muhammad ali oh my god god bless you thank you for this <laughs> it's crazy anywho we go to his house we go in his house we go to his office he comes in does some magic tricks at this time he's mumbling a little bit yeah, yeah. full sentences but he was talking a little bit okay so at least we got that he mingled with everybody. There were probably a total of maybe eight people there, including his daughter, his wife. Yeah. yeah. He signed a pair of boxing gloves for me to Scott, Muhammad Ali. I have them hanging on my door. I will never get rid of those. I got two posters, two little cards, like baseball cards, two eight by tens. Seems like there was something else. All that stuff autographed to Scott. Muhammad Ali, as I stood there and watched. I have a photo because somebody said, let's get a photo. I, I, I didn't bring a camera. So I, go to, I got a glove on as he's signing them. And I posted this photo before. It's one of my favorites. And he gives the look and the fist to my chin for the photo. <laughs> I can die and go to heaven now. Yeah, you can. That's money right there. As they say in Louisiana, that's money, bro. That's money, bro. That's money. So that was that day. So that was one of the greatest, literally, of all time. That's cool. (laughs) That is. That is very cool. I can only only imagine. I I can't compare. You know, I can't. I mean, you know, your realm with that stuff and the realm that I've met people and and hung out with. I mean, I think the, the... you, you talked about the Kalamazoo County Care uh, Fair. I wanted to just remember it. I wanted to bring up the fact that that's where I got to meet Eddie Rabbit. And oh. when I was in a, a sing-out group called Sing-Out Kalamazoo, oh. you're an offshoot of Up With People. Now, this is, you know, 78, 79. 
I think I was in it right up until about 80, 82 when I graduated school. So the, the weird part to the whole thing was he happened to be at the Kalamazoo County Fairgrounds. It's, he's still in a superstardom. He's known. Right. So you mentioned county fairs. Don't think that they don't pull in big people. And oh. uh, we, we had a storm and it knocked out uh, all the electric on stage. And we were the opening act. We opened for Eddie Rabbit. Really? Because, yes, because we were the, we were the local sing out group. <laughs> it, oh, it gets it gets better. I don't want to no, compare. No. I'm not trying to compare stuff to to no, up no. up you because you know better than that. I can't. I can't up you. No, but, no I just so, think it's funny that a local, uh, you know, acapella type singing group. Well, we had a band. We had our own band. Yeah, we had band and everything. We recruited from your school, oh. my school. It was a lot of high school kids, and so you could be. There was a band with it. Yeah, we had a oh, band okay. with us. So just, it wasn't quiet. No, no. Okay. So we we performed all over all over Michigan and even parts of different states. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, up with people is a big thing. So if anybody yeah. doesn't know what I'm talking about, look it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of our people went to the cast. Back to the story. So electrical storm moves in. We're doing the show. The rain gets too heavy and it and it shorts out the system. I don't know who you know maybe. Daryl and his other brother Daryl were running electrics because you think well, they would have prepared for this. Oh, correct. Yeah, yeah. and it was. <laughs> and so you touch a microphone, and I remember getting too low, too close, and got my lip lit up, you know, and then everything went out. So I don't know that I blew everything because I think I would have been fried. But yeah. point is, he came up on stage, was going to give the people a show no matter what because it, it was still raining. People all crowded from the surrounding area to that covered area that's in the bleachers. And uh, he got up there as loud as he could in his voice with his guitar, start singing, I love a rainy night. I kid you not. We all start singing with him because a lot of us knew the song. And he was kind of egging us back on stage. And so we got up there. We'll never forget that. That's one of my moments. Um, And I was sad when he passed, you know, because we got to meet him. He was generous as hell. Uh, But we opened for Louise Mandrell in St. Joe, Michigan. If anybody remembers the Mandrell sisters, we we did the Venetian. Yeah, we did the Venetian Festival and opened for her on a barge, which was a little sketchy. You know, Um, we did a lot of sketchy opening. (laughs) And the highlight, I think, for me, um, President Bush Sr., who's passed, we were asked to perform for him at the book Cadillac in Detroit because the sing out group that was in, uh, I think Jackson that was nearby didn't have enough people in their cast. They had, we had them in different towns. So we got on the bus, rushed there, performed for him. His favorite song was I think yellow roads of Texas or something goofball. The secret service was nuts. You know, we had to get searched. They took all of our stuff apart, including our soundboards. Like we had to wait and they physically took the tops off to, you know, they don't want the president to get blown up. So I got to shake his hand, uh, oh. sung his favorite song. And then years later, I tell people that and people who were in sing out remember it very well, too. So I can't I still can't compare with though the sports people I wanted to meet. Like I said, I can't I'm not trying to do that here, but um, oh. it's just been. I, I, if you're like me, I consider myself very blessed and things happen for a reason. And I was in the right place at some of the right times to meet a lot of the people that I've wanted to meet. And Ernie Hudson, hmm. um, Ghostbuster, Winston Zittimore, uh, we spent time with him in Detroit about three, four years ago, maybe a little longer than that. Again, I get fuzzy on dates too. Uh, he was here for Imagine Theaters because his buddy owns the Imagine Theaters. Hmm. 
and called our Detroit guys. And he called me and said, Dan, uh, I'm spending the weekend with Ernie over here. We're carting him around. You know, he's from Benton Harbor. I'm like, what? I guess I didn't know that. He says, oh yeah. And he went to Wayne and I'm like, I didn't know that either. And so we get over there and there he is with his mom and some of his high school buddies he's known for years. And, uh, they, we come in, uh, Eric had escorted him around and, uh, we sit down and have pizza with Ernie Hudson and his mom. And then we were sneaking his mom out front so she could have cigarettes. And he was getting mad as hell at us because he wasn't supposed to be smoking. I didn't do it, but some of the other guys were. And he's like, you better not be taking my mom out front, giving her cigarettes. You know, so he was a decent guy and he signed all of our stuff for free because here he was charging all these people. And it was it was a madhouse because the Ghostbuster thing brings crowds of of nerds. And uh, he's like, so you guys aren't going to ask me to sign anything. He was almost hurt. And we're like. Like you feel, I'm sure, like you just said, you don't want to be that that guy. You don't want to be those people. And we're like, well, we we didn't want to ask, you know. Right. And uh, he's like, no, bring bring your bring your shit up here. That's what he said to us. He brought our stuff up. I still have that pack and like your gloves. To me, I wouldn't say that he's like a Muhammad Ali because he's not. But I will not get rid of that that right. motherboard on the back of my pack because it says Ernie Hudson, keep on busting Winston. Oh, that's cool. I, yeah, it's a big dog. I think that's pretty cool. Um, so you've met Muhammad Ali. Who stands out? I know we're getting towards the end of the show here, but who stands out to you? I mean, that's a big one. I don't even know if you probably top this, but who stands out to you, I guess, as a person that was very personable to you? Um, I'm trying to figure out how I want to form this question because I've I've been asked this so many ways of people I've met. Who stands out the most that I think of almost every day? And I got, you know, had almost like a personal contact, like almost a personal friendship with them. I have a couple people I've met from TV that I talk to them every day. Uh, we're friendly, which I wouldn't think that would happen, uh, but it did. Is there anybody like that that you can think of that you're still in touch with? And it's pretty pretty up there, pretty big up there. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know that there's anybody who I'm friendly with. I, I, I used to converse with Brian Regan, the comedian for a while. Yeah. He yeah. lives in Vegas. Um, I almost hooked up with him when we went out to Las Vegas one time, he was out of town. Um, I've got a couple of comedian friends who I worked with before. Uh, Derek Richards is one. Um, he's a comedian now. I used to work with him in radio. He's doing pretty well. He, He's at uh, Brad Garrett's Comedy Club at MGM quite a bit in Las Vegas. Um, but as far as friendly with, mm, I mean, coaches, hockey players that used to play in Kalamazoo, uh, Neil Meadmore, he used to play for the Kalamazoo Wings. Yeah. Getting his number retired this year. Uh, he was my realtor. I'm friends with him. <laughs> he sold two of my houses. I. I bet you and I have some friends in the same circles because I oh, met Kevin. I met Kevin Shamahorn through a yep. weird situation. And I said, yep. uh, "You remember me? I used to come there and get free ice time when my uncle ran ran the Zamboni for you guys." And he's like, "Who yeah. are you?" And we got talking, and then we found out we knew some similar people. I'm oh, like, sure. "So why are you working here at Graphic Packaging?" He's like, "Dude, you got to pay the bills." Yeah. <laughs> he was he was he's a great guy. He's a great yeah. guy. He's got his number already. Uh, yeah. One yeah. of the most popular players ever. Oh, great guy. He's yeah. so fun to talk to. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah, some of those guys. Cool. Very cool. I mean, I have uh, some, some people on social media. We don't talk a lot. Well, uh, that's 
that's with me and who I'm talking about. I mean, we we talk. I mean, Rob and Shelby's probably one of them that I I'll give a phone call to once in a while. But people may not know who that is. She played Slimer in Ghostbusters too, but mm-hmm. uh, again, in certain circles, um, you know. And I've had the pleasure to have dinner. Now he's since passed, so I, I had to throw this in. Then I'll shut my mouth. I promise. Uh, I I had the the honor of having dinner with him and his wife, Big Bird, Mister Spiny. And this was a couple of years ago when he was here in Grand Rapids at the Comic-Con and he's sitting at a table and he goes, why don't you gentlemen sit down and join us for dinner? Cause we have VIP in the dinner room with all these stars. And, uh, when he's talking to you, you're hearing big bird, dude, this guy didn't change his voice to do the character and it was weirding me out. And I kept telling my friend, I'm like, why? does that sound like big bird and my idiot, my friend, I'm an idiot. My friend's like, cause that is big bird. You stupid idiot. So he very nice man. Very, yeah. I was very, again, again, we've met a lot of them who are very, very genuine. Greatest American hero guy. Not so much. Oh, oh yeah. 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 So I'm going to finish it with this. Um, what about local, you know, guys that you've worked in the industry, um, you know, here in Southwest Michigan, in Michigan alone, you know, who are in the biz still, some guys still out there, anybody you stay in touch with that you're still friends with or that you still kind of, you know, look up to and admire? Yeah, there, I had a, uh, you know, I, I knew a lot of people in all the different mediums because it's not that big of a town. And, you know, there was one TV station, there was one newspaper yep. and 12 radio stations. So I got friendly with everybody at the newspaper and I still chit chat with a couple of them here and there uh paul morgan who i actually worked for back in my high school and college days i worked okay. at that yeah um as a sports stringer we would answer the phones do some other things like that um tv john coke was a channel three sports guy for a long time oh, yeah yeah Still talk to him craig can was also at channel three went from channel three to the golf channel uh, when that started up and he and I chit chat uh, every once in a while. He's a good dude. He's down in Florida. A um, couple of other people who worked over there at uh, Channel Three, uh, kind of behind the scenes. Um, some people I've worked with or at the hockey team over the years, Mike Maduno, who was the voice. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I just saw him a couple months ago. Um. And the occasional radio person that I used to work with will chat online sometimes. You know, that's the easiest way to do it. Right, right. You know, a text or a, or a Facebook message or something like that. So I have a whole bunch of them. I check in with people quite Just, a bit. I check in with you every once in a while. Hey, yeah, you do. You do. And I'm nobody. I'm talking, yeah. about, I'm talking about people, you know, like you said, in your life that I, there's, he's right. There's been a lot of people who have come and gone. And it's amazing to me how many of them that you mentioned, Channel 3, who have stayed in the area. You know, they, mm-hmm. they stay here and there's a few that have left. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I got to meet a few in travels and, you know, um, still talk to Keith every so often. We run into him all the time. But uh, there, there's a lot of people. You know, I remember running into Barry Shanley back in the day all the time. And, um, you know, his kids and, you know, some of my kids when they were little were kind of going into the same schools. And so you'd kind of see everybody there. Um, and I would always, I would, and the reason I got to know a lot of those people is we would run in the same circles. We right. Same events. We would cover the same event. We would be at a, the same charity event. We would be at a sporting event. 
and we just see each other all the time. Right, right. I remember you doing, didn't you do a short stint on Channel 3 or CW7 or something? Uh, I did sports, sports. on Fox 17 in Grand Rapids. Okay, that's what it was. Because I remember seeing you, I'm like, what? Yeah. hey. <laughs> that was fun. That was a, a real cool. quick. They were having a contest where they were going to allow people to do a sports cast and people would send in their demo. Hey, I'm Chuck from Granville. I'm doing sports. Uh, Yankees lost. Right. They had a guy bail on them at like two o'clock in the afternoon. And they, I had been promoting our radio station was connected with Fox 17 for some promotional thing. And they called me and they said, Hey, we're in a jam. We need somebody tonight at 11 to do sports. Can you do it? So I did it, drove home, got up at four and did my morning show. <laughs> I wish I remember when that was because I caught it. Because <laughs> I remember yeah. sitting there like, hey, a long time ago. Scott, yeah, <laughs> what's going on? I think I did a pretty good job. You did a great job. I thought, well, he's going to be a regular now. I didn't know what the hell was happening. I didn't even know about the contest. So I just yeah. thought, what uh, happened? <laughs> one, other, one other quick story uh, that you can find on my podcast. I know it sounds like I'm pimping my podcast. But... You are here to pimp your stuff. Don't worry about that. Well, this is the reason I did the podcast. I wanted to chronicle my radio career. Yeah, your adventures, right. I didn't want to write a book because 30 people would read it. It would be all <laughs> that work for you're being ge- You're being generous. Print is dead, according yeah, to Egon Spengler. Yeah. Hey, read a radio book about a guy from Market 180. Yeah, uh-huh. that's what yeah. I'm uh, so I thought, okay, I'll do a podcast. I'll do little things, little snippets, interviews. So I've got a bunch of interviews with people who I worked with for. And then I thought, I'll just tell some quick stories. Mm-hmm. So you can find those all on my YouTube channel. They're all about three or four minutes long. I know people can't handle anything more than that. They got to get back to Facebook and their cat videos. So I give them three, <laughs> four minutes of a story. Right. One of them was the time I auditioned to be the sports guy at Channel 3 in Kalamazoo. I had never told that story. Uh, it's kind of one of those secret things that I never really wanted to, I don't know. There are things like that that I just yeah, never talked about. Yeah. Uh, and I wish I had that tape. That was from like 93. Yeah, no offense to who's come and gone from there, but you think you would have gotten that at this point? I haven't I, watched the news locally in I don't. 10 years. You and me both. I don't anymore. Nope. I can't. Nope. I barely catch KZO. I know that we both know Lori. I miss Lori hearing Lori's voice all the time too. You know, I used to be on her show every so often, but like I said, people have come and gone and I've run into freaking Robin Hook. Is he ever going to, is he ever going to stop doing? No, they're going to bury him in the end zone. (laughs) I keep hearing him. Like I remember listening to him when I was little how old is this guy at this point? I, you know, not to and pick was, on Robin, but I'm just like, yeah. And I was his sidekick for uh, uh, two or three seasons because he needs a guy that can't do that can do the games he can't do. Right, right. And so I did that for for a couple of seasons. Yeah, and like you, I will say that you have a very distinct like Robin. You know when you hear his voice because right. he, he's got that delivery style, and you too. You know, you're easy to pick out on commercials. Right. I hear you all the time, everywhere. And then I, I always got to say out loud, hey, Scotty, bud, it's Scotty. And Eve's in the car with me. That's my wife, folks. And she's like, yes, we know. You don't have to say it out loud. Because <laughs> I'm just like, well, I know somebody famous in town. All right, leave me alone. Famous um, at 180. Yeah, yeah. So, you, you, I mean, you've gotten around, man. People know who you are. Like I said, I like 
I want to think of the farthest place. Oh, it was Curtis, Michigan. Okay, that's in the UP, folks. So wow. we're up there doing a, a, an SMP thing a few years back, and your name got mentioned. There were people there that overheard us talking, and we started doing karaoke because we figured, well, we're not going to be investigating for another night or two, so we might as well do some drinking and sing badly. So we're up there singing, and the group hears us, and we're talking, and I think Deb Para. Uh, mentioned you and said, well, is Scotty ever going to come back out with us? And somebody overheard us. And she's like, where are you guys from? We said, Kalamazoo. Did you talking about Scotty, Bud, Melvin, Scotty on the radio? And we're like, yeah. And she's like, well, I'm from Plainwell in Curtis, wow. Michigan. So I'm just like, what are, what are the odds? Wow. So yeah, yeah. Your name's on everybody's lips and everybody's mind more than you know. You, you have made an impact. Uh, you know, if I'm to leave you with anything on this program, it's well, a big thank you for being here, but you've made an impact, man. I mean, how do you get, how do you get the 35 years in the industry? Like I said, the good, bad, and the ugly part of the adventures, uh, and not make an impact with people here in this town. And, uh, you know, people, people remember and people talk. And I always that, think whenever someone comes out of the blue and says, oh yeah, I remember when you did this, people tell me things I said 25 years ago. I still get that. Hey, back in the whatever, whatever, you said, boom, boom, boom. And I'm like, you remember what I said in 1993? Yep. <laughs> okay. I, I loved your style. I still do. I love your delivery. And when you have something to say, and like you said, you kind of have those moments. I still dig that too. And I've, I've always respected that about you. Uh, podcast too, you know, you, you, you talk about stuff, some hard things and you say what you want to say. And that's what the, that's what this medium that we're doing, you're doing, I'm doing, that's what it's for. And whether sure. people agree with everything we say or not, it's beside the point, we, we have something to talk about and to share, don't but I don't care. <laughs> I don't care either. Uh, it's, show. It's, it's my show. Correct. You hear that everybody? It's your own show. It's, it's your own free. damn show. <laughs> I will say I still get I still get emails or phone calls every once in a while along those lines. The ones hardest to take are these. Hey, I used to listen to you on the bus. Those are the ones that are hard to take. Really, where were you going? Amberley Elementary. Okay. <laughs> I still get those. How about that? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not in any scope of that. I, I that would be hard for me. That's hey, Dan. Cool. I used to follow SMP when I was six years old. Yeah, I got to oh, do the math. That, it's bad enough with my daughter. Like, yeah, she started uh, paranormal investigating when she was 13, and now she's got three sons. <laughs> you you don't have to bring that up. Why do you got to bring that up? It's all good, man. It's all good, oh, Scott. Um, me, tell before her you, before go we ahead. before you brew me out of here. Let me throw a couple things out. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you, first of all. And I always tell people this when they hit me up, not you, because I know you, but other people, whenever they say stuff like, you know, I remember that you did that. I always thank them for remembering. I always say, thank you. Thank God bless you for remembering. Right. <laughs> you know, but nowadays, um, go to my YouTube channel. There's a bunch of podcasts there um, and a bunch of other silliness that nobody really needs to see. I just like posting videos every once in a while of stuff. Um, but when I'm not on the air playing Pink Floyd for the one millionth time, I, <laughs> I have my own business, which is called Scotty Bud Melvin Media, where I transfer uh, old tapes and audio and things to digital for people. I'm very busy with that. Um, that is one of the things I do. Behind me, I have a big stack. Oh, it's not big right now, but uh, 
of uh, eight millimeter film that I have to turn into a uh, an MP4 file for somebody. So that's one of the things I do: slides, photos. I can scan stuff. Eight millimeter film, videotapes, all the small videotapes. Um, these little guys, anything that small, all the other stuff, and I transfer them to digital. And that's what I do with my media company. One of the things, I also do voiceovers um, and uh, drone photography and some real estate photography and video and things like that. But when I'm not on the radio, that's what I spend most of my time doing. And all that information is at my website at scottybud.com. easy to remember. Very easy to remember. And I want to thank you too, because, you know, I remember in the past when we were doing the podcast, uh, TV video thing on people's oh, yeah. TV network, yeah. you did, you did shout outs for us. I mean, you were at the investigation, but you were very kind and considerate to do promos for it. And I'm, I'm sure I'm going to be hitting you up. I think I've mentioned it a couple of times. I I'll, I'll send you a couple of dollars. I'm not, I'm not a rich guy, but you know, I mean, you've got the voice, you got the thing, and and everybody gets tired of hearing me do all the advertising because it turns into the Dan show. You know, well, I think and I have done some in the past. For you, you. you have, you have, and because we changed networks and we've done different things, I thought, well, I could edit that out, and then he's still saying, "Yeah, it sounds like crap." So, yeah, um, yeah, I'll do that. Well, I I would like to you know offer to um, here on the air, and you let me know what behind the scenes or whatever you think you don't have to answer now i would love to have a link and a page uh to what you're doing on your podcast people can come over here too there's another format it's free um all i got to do is work with you about pulling over the video or the audio uh putting it up on the page because i can embed anything i've got this web page that much like you do that i pay for the whole you know premium deal and it's, and it's more content. I mean, you're helping me out too. There's more content to send people over there. And all I ever ask anybody if I'm networking is just give a shout out to me or the network or something. But with you, I wouldn't even give a crap about that. Uh, you're a good friend and you always remember me. Uh, I know around this time of year, I still catch that you throw my name in there somewhere. And I don't know if that means anything to anybody else. Maybe, maybe you feel that way too if somebody... If they're doing a thing or a broadcast and they happen to throw your name out there, I, I always feel pretty special and feel pretty uh, cool about the fact that Scott took the time out to mention his SMP buddy. And so <laughs> I, I'm not blowing smoke. I just want to thank you because you've been very considerate and kind to me. Um, and I loved working with that a group of students uh, both times for your daughter at Grand Valley state. Oh, yeah. Uh, and they, one of the other guys did a documentary on us, which we use yeah. and it uh, came out really well. So yeah. I was hoping you could come along and be a part of that. But I think, I think I asked, and I think you were busy. They didn't need me. They didn't need, well, maybe I needed you. You were I don't, the expert. Nobody needed any of <laughs> Yeah. Let's not go there. Cause then the hate mail will start. Ah. Um, this has been uh, Around the Mitten with yours truly, Dan Hallright, and our special guest, Scotty Bud. Tell, again, everybody where they can find your stuff. One last time. Go to scottybud.com. Uh, got examples of all the junk that I do in my spare time. <laughs> I'm not blabbing <laughs> on the radio. And please listen to them. If you're in the area, folks, and I know there are those of you who catch this and you listen here in Southwest Michigan, okay, he's on the zoo, WZUU. 92.5 FM. That's right. Okay. FM radio in your car. Sound, it doesn't sound like every other rock station in America because I get to do whatever I want. 
That is correct. Everybody's seen me give the thumbs up there. That is very correct. And there's been some rainy days here recently. He's been on the air. I've been happy uh, to hear other than the same stuff, 600,000. Yes, we know there's repeats. God admitted it. There's repeats. But he also plays some new releases and things, and I like that. You know? Also, Friday is the best because Friday's all requests. Mm-hmm. And you all you've, requests on Friday. Nobody does it. You nope, nope. I'm telling you, it's a disappearing medium, and I, I hope this continues for you, my friend. And I hope that that you know stays where it needs to be for you. But please stay in touch with me, and um, if we can do another program together where I won't interrupt you as much or try to one up you with stories. And again, I, that's not my goal. I just love sharing things with you and everybody. Um, and you've met some amazing people. I just can't even. I've been very lucky. I could hold a candle next to you, and that would be about it. I, I couldn't light it. I could hold the candle next to you, but that's a bad joke. Is that a bad joke? All right. I've had a good run, and I always say in my head, whenever I feel down, if it ends tomorrow, and I go, I had a good run. You did. You've met some amazing people. Let's I hope that's not for a long time. Okay, long time. Thanks for being with us. And uh, I was going to leave you guys with a Halloween joke. Uh, do you guys know why witches do not have babies? Because all of their boyfriends have Halloweenies. Okay, and there you go. That's terrible. That is really terrible. All right, you have a good one, Scott. Everybody, thanks for being here with us. And uh, you've been listening to Around the Mitten. Again, don't forget our, our uh, sponsors, Henderson Castle at hendersoncastle.com. Book your next historic stay here in downtown Kalamazoo at this place. Beautiful home. You won't regret it. Also, if you're in South Haven, Michigan, go to historichotelnichols.com. Book your stay there. You will find the accoutrements and the stay uh, just very warming. It's a boutique bed and breakfast style hotel. Very small, very intimate with 19 rooms. And uh, literally a walk down away from the beach, Lake Michigan. Even an off season folks you'll love it there uh gun barrel coffee you've had the rest drink the best gunbarrelcoffee.com give the guys a shout out buy some coffee buy some popcorn buy some hot sauce they got a store that is replete and i mean replete with all, all sorts of stuff the uh, plethora if you will do you know what a plethora is i know what a plethora is it is full of stuff this has been Around the Mitten. You've been listening to us on Unrestricted Radio here. Also at the uh, unrestrictedparanormal.com player and media network station. Thank you so much, and we will catch you again next time. Bye.